We are hosting today's broadcast from the lands of the Karingai people. We acknowledge the traditional custodians of country and recognise their continuing connection to land, waters and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Attacking position here, the Warriors. Johnson, there's a spring in their step here. Poppy battles at the top of Holmes. Got it there to Corsi. Laine! Game sets and match to the red and black. Sydney have been put to the sword. And the Wanderers fans will go home happy tonight. And now, Overnight Scores, expert comment and controversy on the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. I'm Ray Thomas. Big show coming up. Dean Ritchie right alongside me. Dino, the footy's been great. The racing was spectacular on Saturday at Rose Hill. Just can't get enough sport at the moment. Yeah, good morning, Ray. Good morning, everybody. Yeah, the rugby league is off the charts at the moment, Ray. The standard and the physicality, the crowds are good. It is flying in our and it's great to see. And, yeah, I did have a couple of little flutters yesterday out there at Rose Hill. Didn't do any good as yeah, usual, a tough but day. it looked like a terrific day out there with the five group ones. It's just over 21,000 at Rose Hill, Dino. So it just goes to show when you've got the good horses alongside good weather, um, the crowds will come back. Great atmosphere. And um, Chris Wallow, of course, winning his first golden slipper with Shinzo. Animo was fantastic in the George Rider. Did you see a horse called Jew by Honour win the Ranvet Stakes? Wow, the English Raider. So all of a sudden, the Queen Elizabeth Stakes on April 8 is going to be one heck of a clash. Animo versus Jew by Honour, plus the rest. But what a race, Dino. It should be an amazing Feature race, I guess yeah. you'd say. Just a showdown almost. Animo's last start in Australia too. So. I watched Animo yesterday. Mm. Champion did it tough, right? But got there. Ninth group won the George Ryder. Yeah, he was three and four wide the whole way. Um, but as champions do, found a way to win. Fangirl was unlucky running second. But, uh, Dino, um, I've got to say that his last two times Animo was raced in the Chipping Norton at Randwick when the crowd wasn't anywhere near as big as yesterday. But particularly yesterday at Rose Hill... When he makes his move, when James McDonald says go on Animo, the crowd goes up with him, and it's an electric atmosphere. Um, he's a, a champion racehorse. Fangirl was unlucky again, but Animo had such a tough run, finds a way to win. The Golden Slipper had it all. Dino, from the bad luck of Annabelle Neesham with learning to fly, that terrible check, Chad Schofield being dislodged at about the 700 after missing the start. It all went wrong for them. It was just one of those... Uh, terrible days, but then Coolmore's decision to bring Ryan Moore down to ride Shinzo at the 11th hour. Tom Magnier from Coolmore said during the week, wouldn't it be great if Ryan Moore and James McDonald were fighting it out in the finish? There they were yesterday, Dino. Shinzo versus Cylinder, 1-2, and Godolphin versus Coolmore, Chris Waller versus James Cummings. Fascinating contest. I saw the post-race interview with Chris Waller. He was emotional again. Yeah. Because the slipper was the one he hadn't got 
The one so big one he hadn't won, yeah. Is that it for Chris Waller now? Not in terms of his future, but mm. he basically won everything possible. Yeah, I, I did put that to him yesterday, and I said, what is What's there left? left to achieve? And he said, we just go back to base. And I can, you can almost you know, recite the answer word for word. We'll go back to basics. The next 10 years, we're going to work hard and try and... You know, do our best, and that—that's been his sort of motto all along. He's never got ahead of himself, Dino, which I think is why he's so successful. James Cummings had a fantastic day, and just all round the the racing was spectacular. But just with round three of the NRL, you know, go through some scores quickly. Back on Thursday night, Manly thirty-four, Eels thirty. That was a great game to watch. On Friday night, the Dolphins three and zero start to the season, thirty-six twenty against the Knights. Uh, terrific game between the Roosters and the Rabbitohs. 20 points to 18, the Roosters getting up. And then yesterday, the Titans, an upset, 38-34 against the Melbourne Storm. The Cowboys, another upset. The Warriors in Townsville, 26, Cowboys 12. And then the Broncos blew away the Dragons, 40 points to 18, with a four-try blitz in the last 10 minutes. Dino, this sets up a round four clash between the only teams to go 3-0 and to start the season. The Battle of Brisbane. Brisbane versus the Dolphins. Can you believe it? Yeah, next Friday night. I think you'll find that will be a sellout. Now, we have the Dolphins CEO, Terry Reader on yeah. as a guest after 9 o'clock. Ray, we can't keep ignoring the Dolphins. Mm. They are here and they are here what, to stay. What do you make of them, Dino? What do you make oh, of them? I, I'm stunned. Mm. I thought they would win five to six games all year, and I thought that was a realistic prediction. But clearly, they've shown me up to be a buffet. As oh, happens often. Everyone had them going for the wooden spoon, didn't they? So. so it'll be an incredible game next Friday night up there in Brisbane. Wayne Bennett against his old side, the Derby. And it will be the first ray of what you would think will become an annual mm. uh, evening or grudge day match. in Brisbane, yeah. which will grow and grow into the grudge match that it sort of deserves will to get, be. Do you think they'd get close to a sellout for that game? I think they already are, Ray. Wow. I'll ask Terry Reader after nine, but I think you'll yeah. find they already are. The Broncos last night, gee, Ray, 18 all against mm. the Dragons with mm. nine minutes to go, and they just exploded. It was dazzling stuff. Four tries, I think, in seven minutes. Yep. Seven unanswered tries all up, 40 points to 18, and suddenly there are many people out there now, Ray, saying, you know what? The Broncos have the firepower to win the premiership. I'm not one of them just yet. I need to be convinced a little more to go that far. But certainly their credentials and their stocks are on the rise. They've got one of the smartest and best number sevens. Adam Reynolds' kicking game and how he controlled that second half was phenomenal. But what about the impact of Payne Haas in the last 10 minutes? He gave the offloads, which set up two tries. He's a phenomenal player, Payne Haas. Yeah, he was unstoppable last night. Tony Staggs was good. Reese Walsh, what about the speed when he gets the ball and he puts the afterburners on? He is dynamite, that kid. We'll get to him a bit later. Yeah, Adam <laughs> Reynolds, you mentioned, Selwyn Cobbo. So, yeah, the Broncos, Ray, from a club that's struggled in the last few years, they are suddenly looking mm. very, very good. AFL round one has started. We'll go through some scores quickly. Back on Thursday night, Richmond 58, Carlton 58, Dino. 
my men, the Blue Boys, got held to a draw before 88,000, the second largest Yeah, another rubbish crowd in. down there as always. <laughs> <laughs> then on Friday night, the Premier's Geelong were beaten. Collingwood, 125. The Cats, 103. Yesterday, the Alistair Clarkson era started with a win at North Melbourne, 87-82 over West Coast. Port Adelaide upset Brisbane, 126-72. to uh, Melbourne, 115 against the Bulldogs, 65. And the Swannies look really good. Dean up there at the Gold Coast, 110 to 61. They'll go deep into this season again, the Swannies. Last year's losing grand finalists, but uh, they looked outstanding. Dino, the Sydney Kings back on Wednesday night. They've gone back-to-back in the NBL. Fantastic performance to beat the Breakers 77-69. They win the grand final series 3-2. Speaking of crowds, there were 18,149, an NBL record at the venue on Wednesday night, including producer Steve and his son Alex, and they came up big on TV coverage too. I saw him on the TV. Yeah. I thought, who's that bloke? (laughs) Oh, God, Steve. Well, Well... well, the, the, the inquiry is on how he got the tickets. Ah, what are you suggesting? Oh, I don't know. Because the tickets were like gold. You couldn't get them. They were mm. sold out in a flash. So We might have to work this into the quiz somehow. Just yeah. a little bit of controversy early in the show. He, he might have friends in high places. He certainly does. <laughs> he certainly does. <laughs> um, super rugby scores. Unfortunately, the Waratah season going Struggling. To bad to worse here. One and three now. Losing 34-17 to the Hurricanes. The Chiefs have gone 4-0, being the Rebels 44-25. The Brumbies off to a fly. They're 4-0. They... Um, uh, Beat Moana Pacifica, is that how you pronounce Moana it? Moana Pacifica. Okay, sorry, yeah. 62-36. Became a touch rugby a bit there. I worry about um, the Waratahs, Ray. That's one from four. Mm. Brumby's going good. Four, no. good. Rugby union overall, Ray, I've got to be honest, it's hard to... And I love my rugby. Mm. I played rugby. I've always been a rugby boy, but it's hard to keep up with who's playing, where they're playing, when they're playing. Seems to have dropped off the map, doesn't it, to some degree? Yeah. Uh, Maybe it's me because I'm a I'm a league reporter, and I don't have to focus on rugby. But I just worry about well, what about where it's standing is in Australian sport right now. What about when the Wallabies play? Don't you watch the Wallabies? Or? Yeah, I do. But yeah. for me, it's not the same as the old days. I could name every Wallaby in the old days. Mm. I can't name five now. No, and maybe that's cool. an indictment on me, Ray. No, no, it's a, maybe that's a lot an of indictment on have me. The same view, eh? and maybe I'm ignorant in terms of rugby. But yeah. I just the actual standing of rugby, which was once a premier sport in this state, mm. I think it's dropped a couple of pegs. No, it's probably a fair comment, and maybe our listeners will like to chime in. Hey, Daniel, the A-Leagues uh, won't go through all the results, but big match last night, and the Wanderers put Sydney FC to the sword, 4-0, and oh, a record for that derby clash. That's not good for Sydney FC, but terrific for the Wanderers, and now up to third spot in the Premiership. Well, Stevie Corica, the manager, was under pressure from what I read Oh, what, six weeks mm. ago, Ray? Mm. And they've strung together, I think, a couple of reasonable results and the pressure seemed to die off. But to lose the derby is one thing, Ray, but to lose it for zip, mm. questions be will asked. be being asked. Mm. And I'm talking this morning. It's getting up. For, oh, really? Fair enough. We'll, we'll ask Mossy, Phil Mossell, our football expert, a little later. Bit on the cricket, Dino. Of course, the, the Test Series ended 2-1, India winning, but at least Australia fought back, winning the third Test, drawing the fourth. The ODI Series has begun. I think it's a three-game series. Australia lost the first game on Friday night. They scored 188, bowled out. India 5 for 191 with more than 10 overs to spare. Game two's on tonight. Test cricket in New Zealand. How about this for a score? New Zealand... Four for 580 declared. Kane Williamson, 
who scored that magnificent 100 to get New Zealand home in the last ball in the first test. He's backed it up with 215. Geez, a player, Kane Williamson. Henry Nichols, 200 not out, a 363-run partnership. Four declared for 580, the Kiwis. Sri Lanka at stumps, two for 26. Gone. That one's already <laughs> over. I noticed that one-day game, Ray. It's only a one-day. I don't particularly care. But we did collapse again over there in India. I think we were bowled out the 36th over. So we've left 14 overs out there on the field. We got a few mm. early wickets, I think. Yeah. India were five for well, 30 odd. It's a bother, yeah. But so. they, they got home quite well. Stark got a couple of early wickets. Mick, Mitch Marsh got the runs for the Aussies. He got 81. Uh, two games to complete this weekend's uh, NRL round three. 4.05 p.m. game, Bulldogs versus Tigers. 6.15 p.m. game should be a beauty. Raiders versus Sharks. How about the Bulldogs-Tigers? A sellout, Danny. I think you wrote about it during the week. Yeah, yeah, out there at Belmore. I mean, obviously, Raiders not an enormous capacity these days, mm. but it'll be a great atmosphere. Belmore is still, in my eyes... The heart and soul of what the Canterbury Bulldogs stand for. Yeah. And I think last week's big win over Melbourne has got Doggies fans salivating a little bit as to what Cameron Sorello is and can bring to that great club. Because you know what, Ray? We need the mighty Bulldogs to be winning in rugby league. Mm. It, it, it changes the entire configuration of the competition. Yeah, fair enough. We need them. Well, they did play great attractive footy to watch against the Storm, didn't they? Threw it around, threw the ball around, and there was even some talk of the old entertainers back in 1980. But Teddy they were, Glossop. They were great to watch. Hey, Dino, a couple of stories you wrote during the week. Um, one from a good friend of mine. It was it was disturbing reading about Brian F- Fletcher. Um, mate, take us through it, because it was um, a compelling story, but as I said, it was disturbing to read it. Yeah, it certainly was, Ray. It was on the front page of the Daily Telegraph during the week. I wrote a piece which was a very difficult piece to write about Brian Fletcher receiving a death threat. He went into his office Friday a week ago, opened up an envelope, mm. and look, Ray, I could protect the listeners from what was in there, but I've written about it, so there's no point. So it's a bit graphic, but I will tell you, in that was a death threat. Uh, there were razor blades with the words ha-ha written on both sides. Mm. Uh, there was a white powder saying... And on the bag was, or the words, I'm a serial killer, rest in peace. And what appeared to be used condoms. So it was incredibly confronting for Brian, who handled it with style and class and courage. He uh, obviously got in touch with the police. The police took the evidence away. They kept in touch with Brian throughout When, when, when did this actually, when, when did you receive that? Friday a week yeah. ago. And then the, by the last Friday, they had found the culprit who had sent several letters to people around Sydney with a profile. Mm. But when they uh, discovered the culprit's uh, identity, Ray, he had committed suicide. Ter- terribly sad. So and disturbing story. Sad on multiple, multiple mm. levels. But certainly for Brian, it obviously was confronting for him, his wife and his two daughters. But I guess there is some peace for Brian now mm. with the passing of the deceased, albeit... An incredibly sad story. Yeah, no, it's certainly not one you want to read because you've got to remember it's sport, you know, um, and we're not saving lives here. I know people treat their football teams and their cricket sides and their sporting teams, um, you know, like a religion almost, but it's it's sport at the end of the day, isn't it? And there's a winner and a loser every week. So. Well, Brian, of course, was doing what most human beings would do, Ray. He was trying to think of... Who would send it? What Why? Mm. Was it a disgruntled former employee? Was it a fan from another club? 
there were many different aspects Brian was looking at, but he couldn't come up with anybody that would go to such lengths. Mm. And clearly, it was you know the mind of a, a, a disturbed man. Now, price gouging. Ah, I've got to ask you gouging. about price gouging. Yes. What is going on? I did a story during the week, Ray, about the bunnies mm. and the roosters. The big game on Friday night. And the roosters are off a base at their stadium for away supporters. Mm. It's 50 bucks a ticket. But what I wrote about was an initiative that they... Uh, called Tier 1 now. Any Tier 1 game and they jack the prices up, Ray. So what was normally 50 bucks for the Sharks, for, for Newcastle, whoever, mm. for South it went up to 90. On Anzac Day against the Dragons, it goes up to 100. South fans are saying this is a disgrace. How can you bump it up just for us? But the Roosters say it's a Tier 1 game. Supply and demand. Yeah. Supply and mm. demand. And they know that they will get a sellout. Mm. And sure enough, as much as South fans jumped up and down, right, that entire bay was full. Now, and my, that game on Anzac Day, yeah. sorry to interrupt you, yeah, sorry, yeah. Um, that will be sell out as well, yeah. mate. Now, I've heard a lot of commentary about this since you wrote that story. Uh, and it, tell me if I'm wrong. My understanding is the NRL can't set the prices the individual clubs do for their home games. Correct. Is that how it works? Correct. I'll be really is, is, that, is, is that a fair system? Well, I guess they can do what they like. It's 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 their stadium. It's their home game. But my point is, what about the mums and dads out there who want to take their kids? Got a family of two or three or whatever. It's almost it's unaffordable. There it's were unaffordable, Dino. There were other areas in the stadium that were a bit cheaper, but it mm. wasn't with all your South fans and friends. Okay. Mm. I guess they have a right to do it, Ray. Yes. But I'd love to know what the <laughs> listeners think. Is price gouging immoral? And is it taking advantage of your opponent's popularity? Or is it just, as you say, Ray, supply and mm-hmm. demand, and when there's a big game, the prices go up? I asked a CEO, I won't mention who he is, mm-hmm. I asked him during the week whether they do it. He said, look, we don't. But it's a bit like a motel, Ray. On Tuesday, the motel could be 100 bucks. Yeah. But on Friday night, mm-hmm. guess what? It's 140 I know it's easy to dismiss it and just say that's way of business and you've got to understand the clubs who have to try and do what they can to make a profit but you, you, you feel sorry for the mums and dads and the, with families who want to go to the football on the weekend and they're priced out of it which is a concern but we'll definitely love to hear your thoughts on that 135353 SMS 0419767272 Dino our talk topic sort bring of it been, on Ray sort Boy. Of been inspired by this song Maybe producer Hamish hasn't quite got it ready for us. Did you listen to the commentary last I night did. in the Broncos? There we go. There we go. <laughs> Reese Lightning. I think it's one of the best like sporting that, nicknames on the back of that inspired bit of Grease Lightning from the movie Grease. But Reese Lightning, who is incredibly quick, Reese Walsh, and he tore St. George apart when the got tired late in the game. He's speed. He's geez, quick. So and that's our talk topic. I love that nickname, Reese Lightning. Great sporting nicknames, oh, Dino. Oh, Raymond, you've done it again. I love it. Great got sporting it. nicknames. Got a couple. And it could be <clears throat> at an international level, at a club level of any sport. It could also be the nickname of you, the listener. Well, where, where does Bulldog come from? Bulldog comes from, of all places, Buzz. Our man, our great he of the Phil red Buck. cheeks who comes on at 9.45 <laughs> okay. each Sunday. Mm-hmm. When I was a kid, 
1990 was my first year of NRL. Yeah. And in those days, there was a thing called the Country Challenge, which a bit like these days, they've brought it back, to, so to speak. That mudgy, that sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, they go yeah, to the country yeah. and play games. And my first little trip away, an excitable young kid with red hair and freckles, packed my little ditty bag <laughs> with McLean socks and undies, and away I went to Bathurst. <laughs> Too much information, I think, Away I went to Bathurst anyway. for a game. And, of course, as you know, Ray, one of the most famous paces of all time is Hondo Grattan, the Bathurst Bulldog. Bulldog. Correct. Yeah. So Bathurst stuck Oh, Bulldog, well, Bathurst stuck. Bulldog stuck yeah. with me through Buzz. Ask Buzz today at 9.45 and he'll say, because he's got a head like a Bulldog, that's a lie. <laughs> okay. It's actually because of Hondo Grattan. What about Buzz? Uh, I think Buzz was, because uh, he used to buzz around the office, irritating and annoying everybody. Oh, okay. <laughs> and he used to buzz here and he used to buzz there and that's how he got it. <laughs> we'll ask him about I'll that. ask you yours in a sec, Ray, but my two great nicknames, mm-hmm. I'll go back to the 80s, my favourite era when I was growing up. I'll throw in there Horry and Wombat. Kevin Hastings. Kevin Hastings yeah. and the great Graham Wombat Edie. Two of my all-time favourites, two great nicknames and everyone seemed to have a nickname yeah. back then. They did in back in the old League. days, yeah. Now, I want your individual nickname... And yeah. your favourite nickname? Um, oh, as in mine? Yes. Oh. Uh, well, crispy. Crispy. <laughs> it's, it's I didn't realise this. It's bizarre. Is there a story behind well, this? Well, there is. Well, when I joined the Air Force, my father, who was also in the Air Force, gave me a little tip. He said, <clears throat> when you're doing your basic training, the first thing you've got to do is get your, your battle greens, which you wear every day, get them starched at the dry cleaners. I said, why is that? And he said, because that way they're easier to iron. You get your, your creases working better. And I said, right, eh? Anyway, so make sure you buy some spray starch as well. And I said, good as gold. Anyway, so w- when you first join up, um, you're on base for up to a month. You, know, you can't get off base. And so in that time, I got my green starch and everything. The Friday um, before we're about to go off base for the first time in a month that afternoon. I was youngest on our course, and there were all these blokes who had their wives coming from interstate and their girlfriends and everything. We all lined up there on Friday morning, and the person who was in charge of our course inspected us, <coughs> and he asked me, he said, what are you using your greens? And I said, excuse me, sir, what are you using your greens? And I said, oh, Chris Spray Starch. Re- the rest of you so-and-sos, I can't say exactly what he said on air, um, until you get uniforms like Thomas here, none of you guys are going off base. Your, your leaves cancel for the weekend. And you, oh. I became the most unpopular person in the history of mankind. And crispy stuck. Crispy stuck. And we didn't go off base that weekend. We weren't allowed. So you were good at tissues back then too. Oh, well, it sort of stuck. But my favourite sporting one crispy <laughs> is um, Afghanistan. Ah, yes. Remember that? Mark War. When Steve Wall got um, selected in the Australian team, Mark Wall was scoring runs for fun for New South Wales and the Sheffield Shield became known as the Forgotten War. There it is. Afghanistan. So that's our talk topic anyway. Um, great sporting nicknames. Got a couple of well, A couple have come in really mm-hmm. quickly, Ray, before we go to that mm-hmm. break. Jono says Tiger Woods, oh. probably the most famous mm. nickname in the world. And Willow from Windsor, he's back. After brushing us last week because he was hung over from his cricket presentation. Welcome back, Willow. Did he get any trophies for no, best bowler I've or something? No, I've seen him play. He, he got six for last time Cricket's played. not his sport. <laughs> oh, he says, ex-NRL player Matt Hilda had the best nickname, which was Waltzing. Waltzing Matt oh. Hilda was and, very, very and clever. And the one there right at the top. I do like that one. I'll get into early. Boys, you can't beat 
What's a packet of Sigsworth, which is obviously <laughs> directed at the great Phil Sigsworth. It's so a, that's our talk topic. Great nicknames. But it could be your nickname yeah, out there. It could be anything. Anything yeah. you want. Let, let us know your thoughts. 135353. SMS 0419767272. Listening to Dino and Ray in the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. This is Sky Sports Radio, heard throughout New South Wales, including Musselbrook on 103.3 FM, Faradine 87.6 FM, Inverell on 92.7 FM, and Mullumbimby 87.6 FM. There's a new place to get it all on tap, and it's in your pocket. The Tab app has live racing, touchdowns, downtowns, the beautiful game. Australia's biggest game, our other biggest game, a bit of this, this, oh, come on, ref, and this. For racing and sport on tap, download the Tab app. Chances are you're about to lose. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. The Inglis Easter Yearling Sale statistically provides the best opportunity for you to buy the best horses. So don't miss out on the 2023 renewal on April 3 and 4 at Riverside Stables. Catalogue available now. Visit inglis.com.au for more information. Lano, what's the difference between a gift card and an e-gift card? The e. Eh? No, e. Like the bonus Woolworths Supermarket e-gift card right now at Bingley. Oh. No, e. A bonus Woolworths Supermarket e-gift card up to $400 on selected kitchen and laundry appliances. Ah. No, Mum, e. Are you making fun of me? You? No, e. A Woolworths Supermarket e-gift card up to $400. With selected kitchen and laundry appliances right now. Bingley, better living every day. Hi, it's Peter Overton, National Ambassador for Melanoma Institute Australia. Did you know someone is diagnosed with melanoma every 30 minutes? I do, because I was one of them. Melanoma also kills one Australian every six hours. Register for a melanoma march near you to raise vital research funds and march to stop the glamorisation of tanning. Together, we can help save lives. Sign up at melanomamarch.org.au. There's nothing between them as they range down to the final fence. Brave man's game and Gallup Handershop, but Gallup Handershop landed running and he's away as they race up the hill. He goes a length clear, two lengths clear now. A brave man's game who can't get near him. And here's a new chasing star, a steeple chasing star. It's Gallup Handershop who gallops to glory in the Gold Cup in second brave man's game, conflated in third. On Sky Sports Radio and Radio Tab, this is the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. Yeah, that was Galapan Deschamps, I think that's how you pronounce it, winning the Cheltenham Gold Cup for the great Willie Mullins, and he was leading trainer there again at the Cheltenham Jumps Festival for about the eighth time in the last ten years. Quite amazing, Dino. You got a couple of SMSs we're going to race replays? Yeah, Ray, a couple of coming contrasting in terms of price gouging, whether it's a good thing or not. Uh, Jesse from Albion Park says the prices are a joke and that it shouldn't be happening. Uh, but yet, conversely, Tom says, hey, uh, Ray, indeed, surely clubs are entitled to charge what they think the spectators will pay. Yes, the fact that the yeah. bay in question was full on Friday night mm. proves that they got it right. So differing views there. But, but, in but, terms you're, of but you're telling me there's still 
a reasonably affordable area that families can go to. There as are well. the cheaper seats, just not okay. with all your fellow fans, okay. and that, that's yeah. I guess the you, point. You don't want to price people out of the game, and, and unfortunately, we're getting to a point where it is becoming unaffordable for a lot of people, which is which is sad, you know. A couple of text messages quickly to Ray in terms of our talk topic, which is great nicknames. Martin O'Fire, chariots, yeah, <laughs> a very very well known. Great nickname, no name on that. Great movie. Uh, Mitchell from Fairlight. Ronnie Rambo Gibbs and Viv the Master Blaster Mm. Richards uh, is up there. And it's just gone off my screen right here. It is Norm from Curry Curry. I like this. We had a mate at Newcastle Uni Rugby Club who we christened Rubik because no one could work him out. Very clever. <laughs> That's a good one. I like Very that clever. one. We better go into our race replays. Five group ones at Rose Hill yesterday. What a day for Chris Waller and James Cummings. They fought out the finish of the Rose Hill Guineas. It set the tone for the rest of the day. This was Lindemann. Ash goes for home on Lindemann. Now Pericles stoked up by McDonald and the favourite is sticking to the task. It's Lindemann a length three quarters to Pericles who's almost level now. Yes Pericles draws level with Lindemann they're well clear from the rest. It's Pericles trying to get the upper hand from Lindemann. Drifting out Pericles from Lindemann. Lifting! Lifting hard! Oh it's a thriller in the Guineas. Lindemann coming back on Pericles. There's nothing between the pair. Williamsburg third Yeah, Nashville lifting Lindemann over the line. A great win narrowly from Pericles. Lindemann was bred and is owned by uh, Debbie Kapitas, who, of course, uh, was a part owner of the Great Winks, and she had a memorable day, Debbie. She had also shared in the ownership of the Golden Super winner and the runner-up in the George Ryder Stakes. The next of the big ones was the Ranvet Stakes. Boy, didn't this horse make a statement. Jubai honour. Coming to the turn, Hinge has still got something in the locker. And Hinge found a length, found a length and a half on Mawunga. And now Ryan Moore's pushing into the clear on Dubayana. Montefilia coming down the outside. Dubayana moved up on the outside of Hinge. They're clear then from Montefilia. Mawunga can't go on. But is William Haggis going to do it again? Dubayana's three lengths clear. Last year's winner, Montefilia, can't get there. And Dubayana can't handle a dry track. Look at him go. Dubayana ripped clear to win it by five. Five links to Motophilia. Mawunga third, followed then by Hinge Gold Trip. Gee, was good to by honour, and he certainly said, look out, come Queen Elizabeth Stakes. He's going to be very, very hard to beat. His main opposition will be the champ, Animo. He got it done in the George Ryder. And now Animo getting right to the outside. Converge moved up now. Racing to a narrow lead from Electric Girl. Ossipenko and Animo being roused along. Converge at big odds giving a great sight. Animo, he's really got a lift. He's coming now. Animo lays it down to Converge. And the big A Animo puts the head in front. Rattling home is Fangirl. Animo's George Ryder. Animo beat Fangirl. Converge, Artorias flashing at the end. Then came Ossipenko, Lavode, Communist. She hit was a great race. Only a length and a half, or less than a length and a half, covered the first seven overline. Animo was wide throughout, so fantastic effort to win. But Fangirl, again, a touch unlucky, and there's a big race in her this autumn. On to one of the most dramatic golden slippers in memory. What a race. What a finish. Chris Waller's Shinzo, ridden by Ryan Moore.
Shins are on the rails as they straighten up. And at Big Odds, Exploring shows the way. But on the outside, Arkansas Kids selling a ruse up on the inside. Hard on the inside. Shinzo starting to run on. Cylinder takes the lead of the 200 from Shinzo giving chase. Cylinder, Shinzo, and right down the outside with a big run late is MP coming home hard. King's Gambit. But Shinzo and Ryan Moore have drawn clear to win the Golden Slipper. Shinzo beats Cylinder. King's Gambit third. Don Corleone fourth. At yeah, Shinzo wins the Golden Slipper. He's a beautifully bred colt by Snitzel out of Samaretti. I don't think Coolmore will sell him, Dino, but I reckon in less than 70 seconds, that horse put a $50 million price tag on him. He's he's worth that much, Shinzo, and winning a Golden Slipper, his future is secure. How about Ryan Moore? Two rides, two Group 1 wins. Unbelievable. On to the other Group 1 of the day, the Galaxy. Great training effort by Joe Pride to win with Maria Mia and a breakthrough Group 1 for our star apprentice, Tyler Schiller. And Eduardo spins the corner just in front of Zustar. Maria Mia back on the inside. Uncommon James has held up for a run. Shades of Rose revved up on the outside. Right down the outside is Remark with a good run. Cannonball squeezing for Rail's run as Maria Mia takes the lead. Maria Mia's drawn a length clear. Uncommon James clear now. Maria Mia in front from Uncommon James. Cannonball and Maria Mia wins the Group 1 Galaxy by a length to Uncommon James. Third between Cannonball and Asfura late on the scene. Yeah, terrific effort by Maria Mia, Joe Pride and Tyler Schiller. Big racing at Mooney Valley yesterday as well. The $5 million all-star mile. Ben and JD Hayes and their resolute horse, Mr Brightside. They were followed by Alligator Blood, who's in awful traffic. Further back in the field, Mr. Brightside and Nugget. Gentleman Roy went for home. 300 metres to go. A length and a half in front of Alligator Blood, who's getting into the clear. They were followed by Nugget. And to the outside, Mr. Brightside. Alligator Blood moves up and takes the lead, but Mr. Brightside's challenging. Mr. Brightside up to Alligator Blood. Cascadian late. Mr. Brightside in front. And Mr. Brightside has won the mile from Cascadian, the inevitable. Fourth Alligator Blood from Nugget. Next in the field, Mr Brightside gets up to win the All-Star Mile. Great run by Cascadian to finish second. The old war horse from Godolphin. Terrific days racing yesterday, Dino. Plenty of people want to have their say, though. Simon's on the open line. Simon, good morning. Uh, good morning, guys. How are you today? Terrific, Simon. What do you got for us, mate? <laughs> I don't call up much, but I'll call up when I have to. Yeah. Okay, I'm a Mad Dragon supporter, and I was watching the game with all my friends, all mm. Mad Dragon supporters yesterday. Okay, everyone was talking about Dolphin and Brisbane. Dolphin and Brisbane all week long. Why can't they people drop it off and just concert? And, you know, people, are to, like, people look like they want Brisbane to win. I mean, they're not really talking about that week about St George and Brisbane. They were talking about Brisbane and Dolphin. I, I think. I mean, it, it gets to it gets to people's head. I'm not sure I on mean, your point, Simon. Yeah. You mean? And the other question is, the referee wasn't helping us last night. I don't know if you look at the referee point of view. He was he was giving everything to like Anthony Griffith said, everything was going to Brisbane way last night. The penalties and the penalties and the the penalties, everything was going to Brisbane way. We didn't have a fair go. What, what do you think, Dino? Sometimes when you're getting beaten, it, the rubber of the green seems to go against you. But um, to be fair, St George did make some critical errors at times. Oh, they made some dumb mistakes yeah. late in that second half. I mean, uh, Zach Lomax and... was dropping balls. Mm. Even the great Benny Hunt on the fifth tackle mm. ran the ball I think late in the first half, was it, and yeah. threw it over the <clears> sideline. <throat> Just some silly mistakes, which they'll learn from. But 
I can't agree with Simon that the referee was the problem last night. The Broncos just blew them away in that second half. So, and I wasn't quite sure what the hell he was talking about in that first bit about Broncos Dolphins. It's, I, I it's think, a big game coming up. Yeah, That's I guess what you it, do. I guess what he was trying to say was there, there has been focus on that game next week, and I, I guess there was that hope that both teams would go in there 3-0 and to set up this mm. first derby, but it is what it is. It is St. George is. were in that game, 18 all with nine minutes to go. Um, but you could sort of, it was like a tsunami, wasn't it, Dino? You just felt once that they got that try that the floodgates would open and that last 10 minutes they just ran riot. Ray, I love this one, the general from Coogee, mm. talking about our talk topic of nicknames. Morning, boys. We had a bloke at the golf club called The Florist. He would just make his own arrangements. <laughs> We've got another like one here from um, David Bowie fans. Some great Queensland rugby league nicknames. Smoking Joe Kilroy, Greg Turtle Canescu, mm. Brian Horse Niebling, and Campbell Zulu Dews. Oh, well done. That's some beauty So there. that's a ripper there, right? That's fantastic. we better take a quick break. Listen to Dino and Ray on the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. The Putters Panel. market at this stage has Disneck at $5. The horses that have run uh, haven't gone outstandingly by any stretch of the imagination. Disneck didn't go that bad in the Golden Gift and probably had a little bit more depth than this race here. Disneck's clear. Race experience to the four and the first. Disneck by a length and a half. The Putters Panel. Friday morning, Racing HQ. Quality yearlings and the country's best incentives make the Magic Millions Gold Coast March yearling sale a must attend, March 20 and 21. All yearlings are eligible for the Million Dollar Plus Magic Millions race series, rising to over 20 million in two years' time. Buy the next Queensland bred star like Jonka, Capitalist and Zoostar. This year's catalogue offers 388 lots with progeny by 80 individual sires, including 44 by local sire sensation Better Than Red. For more information and to view the catalogue, visit magicmillions.com. The 2023 Commercial Club Albury Gold Cup Carnival is on the 23rd and 24th of March. Experience one of the great Country Cup Carnivals with prize money of 825000 and great racing including the Norton Development Group Flatnacker. Enjoy the unique experience this region has to offer. Don't miss the traditional Calcutta on Cup Eve or Queen Forever Live on the main stage after the Cup. For more info on tickets and hospitality packages, go to albryracing.com.au. Sometimes footy is everything. Six again! Sometimes footy, band practice, trips to the zoo and your nan's birthday is everything. Is it my birthday again? So whenever footy is everything, get the footy you want with KO. Whenever sport is everything. The only place to catch the very best equine superstars from around the globe. First time, every time, is right here. Live and exclusive across the Sky Racing Network. Hard on the inside, Shinzo starting to run on. Cylinder takes the lead of the 200 from Shinzo giving chase. Cylinder, Shinzo, and right down the outside with a big run late is MP coming home hard, King's Gambit. But Shinzo and Ryan Moore are drawn clear to win the Golden Slipper. Shinzo beats Cylinder, King's Gambit third. On Sky Sports Radio and Radio Tab, this is the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. Yeah, that was Shinzo again winning a memorable golden slipper. And our next guest, he won't forget yesterday for a long, long time, trainer Chris Wallers on the line. Chris, good morning. Morning, guys. How are you? Terrific. And thanks for joining us, Chris. More importantly, how are you? Great day for the stable yesterday. 
Shinzo in the golden slipper. Great ride by Ryan Moore. What, what were your thoughts during the race? There was a bit of hustle and bustle up the back, but he seemed to get into a lovely spot behind Cylinder. Yeah, it was an action-packed slipper, certainly. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was just good to see him begin well, and Ryan made him sort of get into a good rhythm. And and then at the halfway point, he was travelling, which was which was my biggest fear, whether uh, he had the speed to stay with these horses. Um, I knew he'd be fine and finish, but we just needed to be in a position that we could... Um, have them in our, within our sights. So it was a pretty good feel at the 600 because it was exactly what I'd hoped for. Yeah. He, he must be a fast learner, Chris, because I say that he, he was beaten at Randwick just three starts back when the general feeling was he he didn't like racing inside horses. But there he was yesterday basically following the rail, going right up the inside, and he really attacked the line, didn't he? Yep, you're exactly right. He's, he's um, taken it all. And pretty quickly, and he hasn't been pressured to be there either. So, um, yeah, first run was great. Second run was was even better, with with with, with genuine excuses. And then the third run he won, won, and then yesterday he's won again. So it's just been bang, bang, bang. He's just taken a massive step each time. Uh, Chris, what did you make of Ryan Moore's ride on Shinzo? Ten out of ten. Simple as that. Um, it was a tricky track because you couldn't quite predict the best best part of the track. It seemed to be changing through the day. Yeah. Maybe that was tempo related. So um, yeah, we didn't panic about all of that. And basically, stuck to the inside, shortest way home, and came out a little bit wider in the straight. Mm. No, he was fantastic. The future, Chris, I did ask you yesterday and um, you're probably not sure what your immediate plans are with Shinzo. Will we maybe see him in the size? or Not sure, though. Yeah. yeah, I'll have a talk to the, to the team in the next um, next couple of days mm-hmm. and uh, make plans from there. Yeah, he's certainly exciting, Colt, and you can just imagine him getting even better as a three-year-old. What about Linderman? He's so brave. He fought off per- uh, Pericles in the Rose Hill Guineas yesterday. It's a big decision for you now. Derby or Doncaster, they're both run on the same day, April 1? Yeah, I think Don, I think the Derby's unlikely, but we won't rule it out completely just yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I can see him being a wait for age horse in years to come. And I um, don't know if he needs to run a Derby trip just yet. So I'll have a talk to Debbie and the girls and Paul um, and uh, work out what they want. And give them my opinion as well. Yeah, no, he was terrific yesterday. Timor did a great job in the Manion Cup going through to the Sydney Cup. What about Fangirl? You you haven't uh, dodged a fight with Animo all autumn. She's run bravely again. You could argue she was a touch unlucky, but uh, if things go her way, she's got to be hard to beat in a Doncaster. Yeah, sure does. And I guess the next uh, next couple of years with her uh, are going to be pretty exciting as well. She's She's um, well, she's done a great job. She's four, but I still feel there's best as yet to come when she strengthens up. So, uh, yeah, she's running into Animo each time and yeah. he's doing, doing a great job to beat us, but I'm sure her day will come. The 
exactly. And overall, the day yesterday, um, Chris, there were just over 21,000 people at Rose Hill. The weather was spectacular. There was an electric atmosphere there yesterday. Could, I know there was so much going on for you when you're stable, but do you get an opportunity to enjoy those big days and those special moments? Uh, yeah, yesterday was pretty good with um, being our home track. and It's a big thing for out west and Parramatta, and um, you get a different crowd. I guess in the public and yeah it was just the noise that they were making in those tight finishes early in the day was was pretty good especially a few years like just after COVID so mm. it's great to have everybody back and and it was just great racing and to my knowledge all the horses came home safe which was fantastic and although there was a massive scare in the slipper um, to see the horses running past the post after the race and the jockeys Coming back, Steph, it was a really special day. Yeah, yeah learning to fly did get um, uh, pretty badly checked there, and she had some yeah. soreness, but it's okay. Did Lazago pull up okay, Chris, your filly? Uh, at this stage, yeah, but okay. um, Kieran, Kieran was very concerned as it happened. Yeah, he, could, he heard a few strange noises that could have easily been um, something a lot worse. So um, he did the right thing and eased her out of the race, and fortunately she's pulled up fine. Chris, I'll throw one at you. Question without notice. Our talk topic yeah. today is great nicknames. In sport. In right. sport. Yeah. Famous nicknames. There's been a million come through in <laughs> cricket and union and league. So it's a double-edged question. Did you ever have a nickname as a kid? And if you, uh, and who would no. be your favourite nickname, even coming out of the days of New Zealand or rugby? You put or, him on the spot here. Well, why not? Let's throw <laughs> him on the spot. Did you ever have a nickname? No, my old boss used to call me Topher, and people say, oh, why did you get called Topher? Well, it was simply because my name's Christopher. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh yeah, Topher, yeah, Topher, yes, yes. Call me Topher, and that, that sort of hung around New Zealand a bit. But, <laughs> um, so it's a pretty lame one. Um, what was the second part of the question? Any famous nicknames that you loved when you were growing up, maybe over in New Zealand or oh. wherever you were? Oh, I don't really know. With a racing thing, maybe. Maybe, uh, maybe Jimmy Cassidy, which was Pumper. Yeah, Pumper, yeah, yeah it's a great good one. Pumper. Miracle yeah. Mal, it's been a few great. Miracle races. Mal, yeah. Miracle yeah. Mal gave his own nickname to himself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's a legend. Yeah. Darren Beaver was Tom Cruise, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Tom Cruise. Yeah, or well, the Dazzler. Yeah, so there's been some beauties. Yeah. Hey, look, Chris, c- congratulations on a tremendous day yesterday to win with Shinzo in the Golden Slipper, a magical moment. Congratulations again, and thanks for joining us on a Sunday morning. Thank you, guys. Thanks, thanks very much. There's Chris. Well, I think he might be out with the kids' sport, maybe there, I think. Yeah, yeah it sounds like he's morning. out enjoying himself. No, good on where, him. Where, Ray, you know more about racing than I'll ever know. Chris Waller, mm. where, where's he stand now in the terms of history and Australian trainers? Uh, one of the all-time greats, and I think if he continues at the current pace that he's at, and that's an extraordinary pace because there's a lot of pressure on that man. He handles it well, but you wonder... If if and when it, it may take its toll. But if he continues at this pace another 10 years, he'll break all the records. He will be the greatest Group 1 winning trainer this country has ever seen. Our next guest knows him better than anyone, and I'm sure he'll probably agree with me that Chris will break all the records if he wants to. Richie Callan on the line. Richie, good morning. Good morning, Ray. Good morning, Bill. He's got a wonderful sense of humour. Uh, I texted him when he was on air with you, and I said, any chance of hurrying up, I'm on next. <laughs> and then he just he just tried to ring me then, uh, and I said, I'm on the radio, Flip. Um, <clears throat> yeah, look, it's been... We're, 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 we're privileged to have so many great trainers, but, yeah, look, Chris has been 
and incredible. I think the, the best way to describe Chris is a bloke that I know pretty well called Ken Callender who follows every sport. Um, he watches sport 24 hours every day of the week and he describes Chris as possibly the greatest ever sporting mm. story in Australia. So, uh, success. So, I'll go along with that. Uh, he's obviously a, uh, a humble person. I think the reason he cries, Bulldog and Ray, is, as you know, Ray, is because he's appreciative from where he's come from. Mm. Uh, his late father, John, who was just a champion, and, and, and his mum, Marilyn, like little dairy farmers in a little town in Foxton in New Zealand where there were seven people, um, you know, to now be the star of our show in Australian racing. I think he's very humble, very privileged, and, and appreciates how far he's come. But, yeah... Mm. Look, I, you've still got Tommy Smiths and, and the like, but, uh, yeah, Chris is certainly making ground. And also, too, Rich, <clears throat> he's never changed, has he? Like, even yesterday, I said, you've, you've achieved everything in the sport. What, what's next? And he said, well, the next 10 years, we're going to work hard and try and do our best. It was like talking to the Chris Waller in 2002 when he first came to Sydney and was trying to establish himself. He's never changed. Oh, he's changed a little bit, Ray, in the regards that when we used to have breakfast, he used to go to the bathroom when the bill comes. Now he's the first. <laughs> now he's the first to jump up. You know, he's very generous. Yeah, um, yeah he, he's only changed in uh, in that regard. And you know, if there was one highlight outside of yesterday, uh, with with uh, in relation to the slipper, I thought it was. It's a golden slipper. It's the race that people didn't expect Chris to be able to win. And for him to go out of his way and to grab the collar of his right-hand man, Charlie Duckworth, mm. and bring him in to make sure Charlie was getting the accolades. Um, if you know, Chris, I thought that meant a lot. I know that it meant a lot to Charlie. And it's all about the team. It's Whether you talk to Gay or James Cummings, it, they always mention the team. And if you mention Chris Waller, you can't mention Chris without, particularly the last uh, decade, mentioning Charlie Duckworth. Rich, he's... He's achieved everything in racing now, Chris Waller. How does he stay motivated? Oh, look, he's a workaholic. He's a, actually, he's a perfectionist. Mm. Everything's got to be done right. It's got to be done Chris's way. Chris has perfected. He changes. He's, if he doesn't think something's working, he'll change it uh, to try and match it, uh, switch it up to get to the results that he wants. But he'll have no trouble being motivated. Um, his motivation was to train a winner. Then his motivation was to train a city winner. Then his motivation. The thing that amazed me, Bog, it was only uh, April 2008. We haven't got through April yet. We haven't got to April yet. When he trained his first Group 1 winner, to think mm. he's now trained 145 is just wow. Incredible, yeah. And, of course, he won two yesterday, one with Lindemann and the Rose Hill Guineas. Almost won a third with Fangirl and the George Ride. And, and, of course, we can argue she was unlucky, but that would not be giving a full credit to Animo's performance. He was three and four wide without cover throughout. Champions find a way to win, Rich? A hundred percent, Ray. Um, yeah, I, I've always said that people will say Animo should have won more. It would, but, you know, that in the races that it's won, others have been unlucky. You make your own luck. Animo's win was outstanding. Mm. Um, I thought James showed poise and patience when it was evident early on he was going to be posted. Uh, they had it in... I was listening to James Cummings yesterday morning on, on Sky Sports Radio and he was saying, well, we'll be straight outside the leader outside running second. And I thought to myself, knowing James, well, he'll be last. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's the yeah. oldest throw-off on grand final day. Yeah. But he, he was in no man's land. I, you know, if he goes back to last, I don't know if he does win because I don't know if he's got this brilliant turn of foot as fangirl, but what he's got is a bit of quality and a bit of class. And, and what I, he, He's the big dog at the moment. He's the... 
He's the the star of the show, but he's going to have certainly uh, he's going to have someone looking for the crown in a fortnight. Mm. Richie, our talk topic: great nicknames. Did you have a nickname as a kid, and what is your favourite nickname? All my brothers and I had uh, nicknames going up. My little brother Steve had three thousand <laughs> hamburger, curly, um, and then his favourite. I tell you, my brother David him had a contest. They'd name each other a nickname, and my brother David named him Harold because he was a little short, fat kid, Harold Headbutt. And now he's six foot four and he's a genius. So uh, my, my mum named my brother David Cliff after Cliff Clavin. My brother Matthew used to call everyone George. So then uh, Larry, so they started calling him Larry. I was just a battler. But there's great nicknames in the old days at the race courses, you know, like the well-dressed Frank. Uh, there was some great... The snail still drinks down there at the pub at Clovelly. Mm. My dad's nickname's Deffy. Of course, he's deaf and he's right in. And you've got the old journos that you'd know that Dad only saw a couple of weeks ago. Gary Menning's funeral. Harpo. Yeah, Harpo Greg, Marks. <laughs> Greg Martin and also yeah. Magoo. Tony McGay. Yeah, Tony McGay. Chippy Fralingos. Breakeven Bill Morty. Breakeven Bill, yeah, the great man. 100%. There was great yeah. nicknames, but you know what? There was great characters well, too exactly back in that day. Not many left, was, sadly. Yeah. Hey, Rich, um, thanks for joining us. Great day, Golden Sipper Day yesterday. There's more to come. The Sydney Carnival on in full swing. We'll talk next Sunday, Rich. 100%. I was thanks, there mate. yesterday, Ray, and I was in the public all day. I tell you what, and uh, a hat on, sunglasses. It was very hot, but I enjoyed the day without uh, without too many uh, officialdoms yesterday. It was very nice. No, that I can imagine a couple of quiet beers and enjoying the day. Hey, good on you, Rich. We'll talk next Sunday. Hey boys. There's Richie Callender, and, and he was amongst the 21,000 plus. Great atmosphere, and I want to go to one of those big days one day, Daniel, when I don't have to work and actually enjoy the day, you know, even though I loved it yesterday. But How would you go on the uh, the outer, as they used to say in the cricket? Oh, I'd love it. Yeah. Just down there with the punters. Yeah, a few beers, enjoy the racing. I'll, I'll do it one day. It's a bit loose. <laughs> it's a bit loose. <laughs> Tanya's in studios. This is important. Scratching times. Tan, good morning. Something just occurred to me. Mm. There aren't many female nicknames, are there? Can you, you think of you one? Did you have one? Uh, oh, my brother was two years ahead of me at school and he was extremely popular. Mm. Um, and our, our name was Bracey. So he was Brace. And so when I, I was Little Brace. Little Brace. Yeah. Oh, okay. So my entry into high school was, um, well, you know, it was made easy because my brother was so popular. <laughs> then when he left, yeah. I was left on my I own. I was on my own. But the one I, I love, I've always loved, is a Glenn Lazarus, Brick with Eyes. Yeah, brick with because eyes, you yeah. can conjure in your head a picture of a brick with eyes. <laughs> he it's built like a brick. Yeah. yeah. Andy's here. Sorry, Tam, before you go in from Singleton, same thing. The Chief Harrigan, Joey Johns. Mark Boozy Hughes, yeah. so many nicknames back All in that great, great era. Back from that era. Exactly, yeah. um, yes, so the meeting that was set down today ah, for Scone um, ha- was late yesterday, transferred to tomorrow mm. because of the heat. It's going to be at 41, 40, degrees, 41 degrees in Scone. In Scone. Yeah. Yes, Scone. so it's, uh, uh, Gary Harley was talking to me yesterday. He said it's about 29 there tomorrow. So, so it's been moved to tomorrow. I so, think Gary Harley might have had it moved. He's got a bit of pool gas. <laughs> he might have too hot for me today. We'll move it to Monday. I know. He was telling me yesterday his poor dog was outside. He was sitting outside with his puppy and yeah. um, he said he has artificial turf. In his backyard, and the little pads on the little little puppy's feet were too hot. Were too hot, so yes, he couldn't go to the toilet. What about this one? Sorry, one last one. This is gold from Pete. We had a mate called the Exorcist because whenever he came over, the spirits would go missing. (laughs) (laughs) That's a bit for that one. As good as it gets. So we're left with orange. Not left with orange. We have orange, (laughs) and we'll have a quick look at the Sunshine Coast in Queensland. So at orange, the weather is fine. The track a good four. The rail is out three and a half meters from the five hundred to the three hundred. 
and there are 10 scratchings. The first race is at 1.50 and it is clear. From race two, number five, Midnight Dream, seven by Crikey Jack, five and seven. Race three, number five, Westlink, number five. Out of four, race four, number five, Boy Loves to Run, six, Just Boogie, eight, True Blue and the Emergency, 16, five, six, eight, and 16. Race 6, take out 2, Midori Fuji, and 4, Choice Deal, 2 and 4. And race 7, number 2, Indicative, number 2 from race 7 at Orange. The Sunshine Coast, the weather is fine. The track are good for the rail out 5 metres the entire course, Penetrometer 6.9. And as these are only updated so far, there are 14 scratchings. Take out from race two, go to race two, five, six, and eight, numbers five, six, and eight. From race four, number seven, number seven from race four, race five, number 10, number 10, race six, number seven, number seven. From race seven, take out eight, nine, and 14, eight, nine, and 14, and race eight, numbers three, four, seven, 12, and 14. Three, four, seven, 12, and 14 so far from race eight at the Sunshine Coast. Thanks, Tan. Tips today, Orange Race 3. Um, Bjorn Bakker could have a big day. He could win the first three races, culminating with Race 3, number 6, I Know A Star. Into Race 5, number 4, Poppy's Girl for Gaynor Williams, both to be ridden by Robbie Dolan. Here's the news. Hello, I'm Sarah Wombey. US President Joe Biden is backing the International Criminal Court's decision to issue an arrest warrant for his Russian counterpart. Vladimir Putin is accused of committing war crimes in Ukraine by unlawfully deporting children to Russia. Mr Biden says the Russian leader has clearly committed war crimes. Well, I think it justified it, but the question is, it's not recognised internationally by us either. But I think it makes a very strong point. Russia denies the allegations and denounces the warrants as outrageous and irrelevant. Still in the US and the man who served as Donald Trump's national security advisor during his time in the White House says his former boss's chance of being re-elected could be boosted by his arrest. The former US president has taken to social media saying he expects to be arrested on Tuesday over hush money allegedly paid to a porn star. John Bolton has told CNN if Mr Trump is found not guilty, it will provide him with a free slate to launch a fresh election campaign. If they indict and fail to convict in New York, uh, I think historians would look back and say that is the act that re-elected Donald Trump president. So I hope those prosecutors in New York are very, very certain of their case. There's been ugly scenes and violent clashes outside the Victorian Parliament. Scuffles broke out with officers after neo-Nazis were filmed posing with the Nazi salute ahead of the arrival of an anti-trans activist. The state's police union is now calling on the state government to ban the salute. The New South Wales opposition leader Chris Minns insists having Labor government at a federal and state level does not present a risk for voters. If Labor wins Saturday's election, they will hold government federally and in every state and territory except Tasmania. Mr Minns says Labor has held power in New South Wales and the Commonwealth before, so voters shouldn't be worried. And the reason for that is, uh, you know, obviously we haven't had a situation where mainland capitals and the Commonwealth Government have been the same party, but in New South Wales, we haven't been too far from that. Rod Stewart cancelled yesterday's concert in Victoria with just a few hours' notice, upsetting thousands of fans. Brian Wilson has the story. Ten 
Rod Stewart fans, it was a case of tonight is not the night when the 78-year-old Rockers concert at Mount Denis near Geelong was called off. It was the second time the event's been cancelled, the first when Stewart's tour was postponed during the pandemic. Frank was preparing to go to the concert when he received the message to say the event was cancelled. message on the phone from Ticket Tech to say that the concert was cancelled due to illness. But despite the disappointment, like other fans, he still wants to see the show. When we were growing up in the 70s and we all had his songs on their car radios and if we've got nothing on when they reschedule we'll definitely go and see organizers say they'll make an announcement about the next step for ticket holders later this week also in news median rent in some queensland suburbs has jumped by as much as 50 percent amid growing costs of living pressures and social media platforms are being urged to step up and shut down drug dealers on their sites this is air news The New Zealand Warriors have ended a 13-match losing streak in Australia with an impressive 26-12 win over North Queensland. There were concerns for hooker Wade Egan, who was knocked out in a brutal clash with Jason Tamalolo. Warriors coach Andrew Webster. Uh, Wade's got a concussion. Yeah, he's he's okay. He's talking fine in there right now. Yeah, he's, he's, it's the third time he's come off. Not, not all for concussions this year, but... Uh... Um, poor buggers in the walls at the moment. The Broncos smashed the Dragons 40-18. to The Titans have beaten the Storm 38-34. to To AFL, Port Adelaide is celebrating a 126-72 win over Brisbane. West Coast coach Adam Simpson says it'll take time for his new-look team to find its footing after losing by five points against North Melbourne. The Demons and Swans also posted wins. And the Western Sydney Wanderers are celebrating its biggest ever derby win, thumping Sydney FC 4-0. The victory elevates Western Sydney to third on the A-League men's ladder. Wanderer striker Brandon Borello says the victory is sweet after a spiteful clash last time round between the clubs. I think our team really understands that this is a game not just for us as players. We don't care what goes on in the media, mate. We play for the West and we represented them crazy well tonight. So, uh... We got what we deserve. The fans got what they deserved, and it's even better. It's at their home ground. In the other games, the Jets and Glory drew two all. Brisbane beat Western United one nil. Australian Independent Radio News. On Val Ranald, ninety-seven point one FM. Ralston, eighty-eight FM. Orange, one hundred six point seven FM. And Cumdoblin, ninety-two point one FM. This is Sky Sports Radio, your racing and sports leader. Quality yearlings and the country's best incentives make the Magic Millions Gold Coast March Yearling Sale a must-attend, March 20 and 21. All yearlings are eligible for the Million Dollar Plus Magic Millions Race Series, rising to over $20 million in two years' time. Buy the next Queensland-bred star like Jonker, Capitalist and Zoostar. This year's catalogue offers 388 lots with progeny by 80 individual sires, including 44 by local sire sensation Better Than Red. For more information and to view the catalogue, visit magicmillions.com. The 2023 Commercial Club Albury Gold Cup Carnival is on the 23rd and 24th of March. Experience one of the great Country Cup Carnivals with prize money of 825000 and great racing including the Norton Development Group Flatnacker. Enjoy the unique experience this region has to offer. Don't miss the traditional Calcutta on Cup Eve or Queen Forever Live on the main stage after the Cup. For more info on tickets and hospitality packages, go to albryracing.com.au. Owning a dog or cat is special. The joy they bring, the love they give. Responsible and caring breeders, like Dogs New South Wales members, give their dogs special care. 
These breeders preserve their breeds and breed beautiful, healthy puppies that become loved family members for many homes. However, the Animal Justice Party wants to stop you owning a dog or cat or any animal. That is just so wrong. Don't let them take pet ownership away from you. Make your vote count at this election. Put the Animal Justice Party last. Written, spoken and authorised by Jay Hutchison Lang Warren. On Sky Sports Radio, the traffic report. Red Roosters $2.50 snack subs. Each with succulent chicken, crisp lettuce and your choice of sauce packed into a sub. The Roosters calling. Get it where you can, while you can. Available all day. In the Rocks, a special event has George Street closed between Lower Fort Street and Hickson Road. Special event Clearways is in place on sections of Argyle Street, George Street, Hickson Road and Harrington Street. In the Sydney CBD, there's one westbound lane closed on Liverpool Street between George Street and Kent Street due to ongoing building damage. If your fixed rate home loan is ending, the refinanciers at Aussie could help you save thousands on your home loan. Let's talk at aussie.com.au or come in store today. I'm Thomas Reeve, number one in racing on Sky Sports Radio. On the big sports breakfast, interstate weather. Sydney today, the last blast of summer, I reckon, Dino, heading for a top of 32 degrees. Could be as high as 40 degrees out at Penrith today. Melbourne, possible morning shower in 21 degrees. Brisbane, partly cloudy in 32. Warm over in Perth, sunny and 33 degrees. Adelaide, partly cloudy in 27. Hobart, possible late shower, top of 21. Darwin, shower two, possible storm, heading for a top of 32 degrees. And in Canberra today, mostly sunny and 36. Brimson to the corner, back on the inside. Carl Pereira, he scores. The Titans running and gunning on the Gold Coast. The Sydney Kings sit on their throne and rule over the NBL. Back-to-back champions. Attacking position here, the Warriors. Johnson, there's a spring in their step here. Poppy battles over the top of Holmes. Got it there to Corsi. Sports Radio and Radio Tab, the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. And welcome back to the show. Big second hour coming up. Peter Peters will join us very shortly to talk NRL. Vin Cox from Godolphin about their champion Animo League Super Quiz later in this hour. Dino Wayne's let us know. 3-2, you're in front, my friend. And you were disputing it during the news break. I beg your pardon? Uh, you heard me. You said to me, is that the real score? And I said, yes. I didn't I said, say that. You, I said, are you in front? Wayne. I said, are you in front? You don't dispute Wayne when you're Absolutely ahead. Absolutely not. Wayne's fantastic. He lets us know. Yes, I'm ahead 3-2. Okay. Jared Daffy will be on a little later with all the sporting odds. And, and Phil Moss will be talking the world of football. We'd love to hear your thoughts on the open line. 1353 53 SMS 0419767272. Our talk topic today is great sporting nicknames because... Because a certain player called Reese Walsh is now known as Reese Lightning for the Broncos. He is brilliant. And that's our talk topic. Great sporting nicknames. We've got a few flooding in, Dino. There's some absolute <laughs> classics here, right? <laughs> Firstly, let's go to Blue Bags. Morning, boys. An old workmate used to have the nickname Two Stroke. Hard to smart, hard to start and always smoky. <laughs> Which is a good one. I love that one. Two Stroke. 
Uh, as always, you sing. I like this one, over. Dino. I work with a bloke with one arm longer than the other, so his nickname was The Clock. <laughs> we did another bloke with one leg longer than the other, so his nickname was a Sniper's Nightmare. Peter Texi, when I was younger, had a mate called Blisters because he only showed up after the hard work was done. Ah, <laughs> oh, very, some, very clever. Some beauties. Some of them. Oh, Absolutely fantastic. And one here called Kellogg's, he was a serial pest at the pub as a younger man. We had a very ordinary rugby season and our coach was nicknamed Minibus. He was only half a coach. It's from AJW. <laughs> How good is that? <laughs> and another one in no name. We have a mate. Do you read that one? The Undertaker? Yes. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah, no, they're very, very clever. They're I wonder how good. this next guest got his nickname. Oh, I think, it's, pretty, think it's fairly clear. But there might be a little tale behind it. Let's find out. Peter Peter's on the line. Zorb, good morning. Morning, Roman. Morning, Bulldogs. Did it come from the movie, Zorb? Um, no, it actually came from my mother dressing me in um, a traditional Greek outfit called a fustanella, which looked like a dress. Um, and every fancy dress in um, in kindy and, and preschool, there would Zorba be in this white little dress with white stockings and um, <laughs> Zorba just stuck it. I didn't appreciate it. But, um, That's got some really horrible connotations at quarter has, past eight this has. Sunday oh, morning. Look, <laughs> rugby league can throw up some great names um, uh, before your time, boys, but there was a great manly 5'8 in the in the 70s called Ian Martin. Remember him well. Great player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Grand finals. Terrific player. Yeah. Well, his nickname was Ima. Ima Martian. And it was named after a great racehorse at the time called Ima Martian, and he simply became Ima. There was another manly player, and I can't mention his nickname on air, but I'll leave it to our listeners. His name was Billy Wee Poo. Ah, Wee yes. Poo. So Bozo Fulton, um, his coach, who brought him over from Wellington in, uh, in New Zealand, gave him a classic nickname, which I can't say on air. I think I know where you're coming from. So. I think all our listeners will. Zorba, what about... I don't want to upset them while yeah. we're having their breakfast. Uh, What's happening what at West Tigers, Zorb? Pardon? What's happening at West Tigers? Massive game for the Tigers this afternoon mm. at Belmore. Sell if out. they get Sell beaten, out. gee, the pressure will be mounting on Timmy Sheens. Bulldog, I, um, I shudder to think what's going to happen. Three weeks into his return stint in the NRL and the intense... Media microscope is getting to the veteran coach, Tim Sheen. Sheen's is showing the strain big time in his press conferences and is already sidestepping some media, not returning calls, not being in touch like he should be. It's raining tries in the NRL, but not at the Tigers. 58 tries have been scored in just six games this round so far, just over nine a game. The Tigers have mm. scored... Four tries in two games, including the last one they scored in the 79th minute in the loss to Newcastle last weekend. Now, the Titans and Newcastle, the two sides they've played, are hardly rock-solid defensive sides, two of the poorest defensive sides in the competition. Today, in a 35-plus heat wave, it'll be 42 when the trains go past Belmore. They rock into Belmore, which will be a cauldron. The English import, John Bateman, well, he want to put zinc on his nose. He'll wish he's back in Wigan at times as he makes his debut at the Tigers. Sheens has to find some attack out of his side, which needs direction. The promised new-look attacking style 
hasn't been cited, maybe fewer people in the coaching box may help. Now, I understand the coaching boxes aren't real big. At Belmore, they haven't changed since I played there. Um, and that's a long time ago. Now, it'll be a sweat box today. Mm. I don't know how they're going to fit all of the coaches in the box. Last weekend, I looked into their box and saw the following. Tim Sheens, head coach, went down to the sideline later. Don't blame him. Benji Marshall, Dave Ferner, Rob Farrar, all assistant coaches, and the video analysis, Simon Dwyer, and his video analysis, analysis assistant, Cassidy Grant. That's six people that I counted in the box. Gee. That's overkill. There's too many. <laughs> yeah, There's too many, too many voices in there. No wonder they can't win a game. Now, Ray, mm-hmm. this is a momentous piece of history on Australian radio. Historic moment? An historic moment. Mm-hmm. If anyone is out there listening, if you've got a tape recorder, <laughs> hit play and record because okay. this is going to go in the Radio Museum of Australia. Producer Steve's ready. Producer Steve is ready. Zorba, <laughs> for the first time in 418 <laughs> years you've been in this earth, I hear you, you are actually going to say the word sorry. No, not really. I just want to revise and apologise. Well, an apology is saying sorry. Well, okay. And it's not what you think. I did not have the Brisbane Broncos in my top eight. I want to revise and apologise. If they stay healthy, they're a top four side. And I want to declare their back line as the most potent in the NRL. Walsh, Cobbo, Stags. Farnworth, Mam, Reynolds, and whoever they want to put on the wing spot. <laughs> I think it's Jesse Arthur's at the moment. It is the most lethal backline in the NRL. It's got mm. speed, power, clever kicking game, great chasing game, incredible backline. We saw it last night in the last nine minutes. They rushed in four tries to put a close game to bed. Um, it was brilliant stuff. Up front, they've got a big, powerful pack led by Payne Haas. This side is going somewhere. Mm. With lies and apologise, I've done it. I think they'll be top four, and I didn't have them in the top eight. You silly man, Zorba. Yeah, no, they're going all right, aren't they? What about the Storm? No Cameron Munster, no Storm, Zorba? Well, no Cameron Munster, no Ryan Pappenhausen, mm. um, and now... No big Nelson Sofa Solomona. He's going to be out for something like 10 weeks. Yeah. They can't recover from that. I think you can see it all over the coach's face. Uh, they were awful against the Titans. 38-34, they went down. Another 12-try game. Um, 72 points scored in that game. Uh, no, I, I, I don't think so. I think they've unearthed a... Uh, well, we knew that young Jonah Pezzett uh, was a, um, a fine young player coming through. He was the New South Wales Under-19 uh, Player of the Year uh, last year. And um, he's, a, he's a fine young player. He's very slightly built in the Sam Walker ilk. Um, but he scored a try 11 minutes into his debut. Um, set up another one for Tarek Sims. And generally played really well. He's a player of the future that they've got. But right now, um, they need more than him. Um, he... Uh, he is, um, he's going to be special. But they are struggling, and really, on what we've seen, I think they're going to uh, 
they'll probably miss the eight. Mm. I don't think any of us thought that that would happen. But on what we're seeing and and how they're playing, that was a that was a shocking defeat, thirty eight thirty four to. to the Titans. Uh, yeah, and, and I reckon Zorbert was a damning statement from Bellamy when he said the care factor. There was, he's worried his players don't care enough, and you'd never expect a Craig Bellamy coach side and their coach to actually say that, would you? No, absolutely mm. not. And uh, he's at his wits' end trying to get this side back into um, a storm football side. Mm. They're not that at the moment, and maybe the great club is. Uh, um, is breaking up with with injuries having a, a massive massive role. If you remember this time last year, Pappenhausen was scoring tries at the drop of a hat. Yeah. He was kicking goals from everywhere. He was so far in front of, in the point scoring that it didn't matter. And then they lost him, and he's been over to uh, uh, to America to try and accelerate his comeback. It, it doesn't seem to have worked all that well, and um, and they're in trouble. Mm. No Pappenhausen, no Munster, um, no Big Nelson, um, and, and of course they've lost a lot of players yeah. mm. um, to the uh, to the new club, the Redcliffe Red Dolphins, who continued on their winning way with a 36-20 win, an ugly win, but it's going to cost them. And the big game next weekend, the big grudge match between the Dolphins and the Broncos, it's a no contest. Now with with Felice Tafusi facing a three-week ban, and he deserves it for what happened uh, up at Newcastle on uh, Friday night. Um, you know, he, he was sent to the sin bin. He was, he was put on report earlier. Um, he's not going to get away with that. He's mm. gone. Three weeks he'll be out for, and the hitman is gone from the Dolphins. He'd and lost. Seven yeah. Walters and the Broncos. That will be, I reckon, here we go, 20-plus win to the Broncos in what is going to get all the publicity this week. It's going to be called the grudge match. It's a no contest. Mm, okay, well, producer Steve's got that um, recorded as well, so we'll find out next week. Hey, Zorb, um, two games today. Bulldogs are $1.33 head-to-head against the Tigers, $3.35. Um, Canberra, two fifteen head-to-head. The Sharks, $1.75. How do you see both games? Well, before I get to that, can I just say, we've had this weekend... A try fest, and I love it. Um, I'd rather see tries scored than a one try game slugged out, um, you know, on a 10 6 score line. Uh, they can be good games, they can be great games, but you know, we've seen so far 326 points scored. Um, there's, there's an average of 54 a game so far, an average of nine tries a game in, in the 58 tries scored in six games so far. Um, I think some pedantic refereeing, too many penalties. If you go to Queensland and you play there, don't expect to win the penalties. The Storm went to the Gold Coast on the wrong side of the penalty count. The Warriors went to Townsville, wrong side of the penalty count. The Dragons went to Suncorp, wrong side of the penalty count. Too many penalties in the game. Mm. Too many six agains, which is causing the blowout scores. Um, and we're even seeing sides getting penalised for cribbing at the kickoff. Seriously, in plus 30 degree heat, and some front row forward is cribbing a couple of yards to race after a ball 50 metres up the field. Let's get serious. Peter mm. Goff last night. Too many six agains, kickoff penalties. 
and pedantic penalties throughout the game. It's yeah. not about the refs. Exactly. No, good point. Bull- okay. Bulldogs, Tigers, Canberra, Sharks, yeah. John Bateman. Well, as I said earlier, he will wonder where he is. They'll go into Belmore as very much uh, the underdogs or West Tigers. I can see the Bulldogs winning this one very clearly. Yeah. Raiders and Cronulla are going for an upset down at GAO in Canberra where the temperature will be decidedly lower than it will be in the, in the city today at Belmore, um, on the outskirts of the city anyway. Um, Raiders to beat Cronulla down there in an upset at that 6-15 game where it'll be a lot cooler than uh, where it is at, um, at, um, at yeah. Belmore today. Love your work, Zorp. We'll talk next week. See you, Zorp. Okay, and let's uh, cheer on one of the nice guys of Australian sport in Mark Wishman, who is mm. leading the live event, um, and he's got one round to go. Yep. Um, that's a $20 million golf tournament, and yeah. there's only a handful of players playing it, I think 48. Yep. So let's hope he can get home and put some money in the bank and, um, and um, live a happy life. Yep. He's already doing that. <laughs> nice play on words, Zoo, with a good. live a happy life, Zorb. Good on you, Zorb. Yes, well, I'm, I'm glad you caught it. <laughs> good on you, Zorb. Actually, just an update on that live golf tournament. Leishman through 16 is 10 under lead. Sergio Garcia by one shot. We'll go to a quick break, Dino, but we'll go to a break on this one. This one's from Tony. They, um, as always, have lost it now. They, here he is. We had a mate named Brian who had a glass eye. We called him Bran. Brian without the eye. You'd better take a break. Hunter's <laughs> Postmortem with Dave Stanley. Richie, you had Sunshine Rising. You've got it later as a horse to follow. Richard Callender. Oh, well, I don't think anyone missed it. He looked big in condition. I saw him in the yard. Lovely looking animal for a nine-year-old. And um, I thought he was terrific. Ron Duffersey. But he was regarded in a very strong year as being in the top eight horses in Hong Kong. We've got to respect him going forward. Hunter's Postmortem. Monday, 9am, Racing HQ. Sometimes footy is everything. Six again! Sometimes footy, band practice, trips to the zoo and your nan's birthday is everything. Is it my birthday again? So whenever footy is everything, get the footy you want with KO. Whenever sport is everything. The 2023 Commercial Club Albury Gold Cup Carnival is on the 23rd and 24th of March. Experience one of the great country cup carnivals with prize money of 825000 and great racing including the Norton Development Group Flat Knacker. Enjoy the unique experience this region has to offer. Don't miss the traditional Calcutta on Cup Eve or Queen Forever Live on the main stage after the Cup. For more info on tickets and hospitality packages, go to albreyracing.com.au. Did you know you are 56% more likely to get a group-winning two-year-old from the Easter Yilling sale than its nearest competitor? Don't miss out on the 2023 renewal on April 3 and 4 at Riverside Stables. Catalogue available now. Visit inglis.com.au for more information. For all the best in racing and the latest in sport, this is Sky Sports Radio. Coming to you via Bellingen, 87.6 FM. Ningen, 99 FM. Lake Cargelico, 87.6 FM. And Mara, 103.7 FM. The only place to catch the very best equine superstars from around the globe, first time, every time, is right here. Live and exclusive across the Sky Racing Network. 
Animo, he's really got a lift. He's coming now. Animo lays it down to converge. And the big A Animo puts the head in front. Rattling home is Fangirl. Animo's George Ryder. Animo beat Fangirl. Converge Artorias flashing at the end. On Sky Sports Radio and Radio Tab, this is the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. And welcome back to the show with Dino and Ray. Um, Animo, the champions find a way to win, Dino, and the crowd just roared as the champ made his run yesterday. I wonder how our next guest felt when that roar went up for the Godolphin superstar. Vin Cox is on the line, Godolphin Australia's supremo. Vin, good morning. Um, Gee, that was a spine-tingling moment when Animo made his run yesterday, and the crowd lifted with him. Good morning, Vin. Yeah, good morning, Ray. Good morning, Dean. Um, Look, what you hit on is exactly right. It was, you know, he had to tough it out. He sat three deep. Uh, You know, he had to, there was a a ding-dong battle all the way down the straight, but uh, true champions, they do find a a way to win, and he's he's certainly that. And the way the crowd got in behind him and underneath him and uh, pre-race and post-race, just, they were wanting to get their selfies, mainly with James Cummings, I point out, but... um, (laughs) but, um, but yeah, no, that, he's just really, uh, he's, he's a people's horse these days it and is, yeah. um, we're just so thrilled to be a part of him. Yeah, I, I don't think you were there, I can't remember now, for the Chipping Norton. That was the first time I really noticed it and I did put it to James Cummings that day. Yesterday, again, it went to another level. But this horse has gone to another level this season. Finn, eight starts, seven wins, um, six at Group 1 level. Um, he's getting better. He is. He, I mean, with his brace record, his profile is just building. Um, we took a gamble uh, mm. this time last year. We could have retired in the stud, which a lot of people would have done. And um, we chanced our arm, and fortunately, it bounced our way. And um, you know, for him to win another seven Group 1s uh, is fantastic. He's now the winner of nine Group 1s. Mm. And we've said um, for a while now, he's, he's the most... Group one winners. His horse has won the most Group One races of any horse that's um, ever been raced by Godolphin or Shake Mohammed. Yeah. So uh, that's a pretty significant statistic in itself, given the investment that um, that Shake Mohammed's made in, in in world racing over a very long period of time. And um, yeah, we're just um, just thrilled for the horse and um, another couple more races, hopefully. And maybe off the stud then. Well, how has he pulled up? Because it was a tough run in very hot conditions yesterday. I know James made a, um, a, a telling comment post-race when he said he doesn't believe Animo's his absolute best in really hot conditions, but how has he pulled up and is it all systems go for the Queen Elizabeth Stakes from here? Um, I haven't heard directly from the stable this morning, which is probably good news. Yeah. Um, I only hear when, it, when it's bad news. So uh, I'd suggest he'd come out of the race uh, post-race. Uh, the team were quite pleased with him. Um, so I haven't heard any more since then. But at the moment, uh, our plan is to go to the Queen Elizabeth. Um, doesn't that race yeah. set up well? Mm. Um, with Dubai Honour being so dominant yesterday in the round bet. So, um, look, we go there with... Um, uh, guarded optimism, I guess now, um, and uh, and then hopefully we can put him on the plane and, and maybe look at Royal Ascot. Uh, Vin, what did you make of Dubai Honours Rampart Stakes win? Oh, it was a very very good win, Dean. Um, there's no doubt about that. I just um, the way he put that field away, and and, and most of those horses uh, we'd been racing leading into the into the Rampart, and when we were going to either go to the Rampart or go to the George Ryder, we chose to go to the George Ryder and. Um, he brought some very good 
European form lines. He's a, a dual group two winner in Europe and um, he ran second at Ascot, not the Royal Ascot meeting, but second in the Champion Stakes uh, back in 21. So he's, over, he's a horse with, with clear ability. Um, so, yeah, no, it's going to be an interesting interesting race in the Queen Elizabeth. Yeah, it could be the race of the year. Hey, Vin, tremendous day overall for the stable yesterday. Two winners at Rose Hill, including a horse, Animo, a stakes winner at Mooney Valley with Paracel. But um, in James Cummings' words, it was a great day. It could have been phenomenal. A close second in the Rose Hill Guineas with Pericles. Cylinder ran second in the Golden Slipper. Cascadian second in the All-Star Mile. Oh, the, the Godolphin Blue was there all day. <laughs> yeah, we were right about the mark. Yeah. Um, we hit the bullseye a couple of times. But, um, but look, you know, they, these are the big days you want to be competing. And mm. you go into those, these days with a lot of anticipation and a lot of hope. Uh, and racing, and the great thing about racing is, you know, you're going to get beaten. Um, yeah. But to, to, be, to run such a terrific race in a golden slipper, um, the winner is outstanding. We own the full sister, so there was a bit, okay. of, yeah. bit of silver oh, lining. Exhilarates, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exhilarates. So there was a bit of silver lining there, and uh, Pericles was, was wonderful in the Rose Hill Guineas, and we get beaten by a long row. Mm. Um, yeah, that's right. Inside yeah. another Group One winner, so mm. yeah, there was lots of lots of things that Godolphin. While we didn't win particular races, we could draw we could draw lots of things out of it. Mm. So it was, it, as I said to a few people last night, it was a great day at the office. Mm. There's no two ways to look about it. Look, look about it then, look at it. Um, in fact, it was funny after the Golden Slipper. You know, there was a few few of our team were a bit down in the mouth. I said, "Hang on a minute, mm. we've had Animo win, and we've just had second in a Golden Slipper, or second in a, in a Rose Hill Guinea. It's pretty good day." Yeah, <laughs> so, pretty good day. Yeah. So, so, you know, oh. we don't want to get over races too much. Yeah, I suppose nothing can win everything unless you winks. Just, just on Cylinder, um, how has he pulled up? And is there any? Ch- it's only his third run this autumn, so is there any chance we may see him possibly in a size over the championships? Well, that's the obvious path. We're not going to commit too much at the moment. We'll just get through this weekend, see how the horses are. Um, we've got a few two-year-olds firing at the moment, um, and Cylinder's obviously... <laughs> Firing on all cylinders, um, he, um, he, yeah, it, it is that path. And Animo did it a couple of years ago and won the race. Shinzo uh, was very impressive, um, but yeah, we'll just see. We, we won't yeah. make any commitment at the moment. Fair enough. Well, great day yesterday for the Blue Army. They were in the mix in all the majors. Animo's again just reinforced his champion status and can't wait for the Queen Elizabeth Stakes. Thanks for joining us this morning, Vin. No worries, right? Uh, pleasure to chat. There's Vin Cox, the boss of Godolphin Australia. They had one of those tremendous days, Dino, when their their horses were competitive and all the majors all day, and they got that champ Animo doing his thing again. It was funny when he said that they felt disappointed. Yeah. I guess when you have so many chances and you don't win everything, you do get a bit despondent. But yeah. when you sit back and have a reality check, you know, yeah, had a massive you, day. You can't win everything, but they were in the mix all day. And, of course, Chris Waller also, we had on earlier, had a tremendous day as well. Got plenty of people want to have to say on our talk topic. Sam's on the line. Sam, good morning. Morning, gentlemen. How are you? Terrific. Thanks for waiting for us, Sam. No, pleasure. Um, I've got two, but my main one is um, Susie O'Neill, Madam Butterfly. Yeah, well, Great of course. Call. We've had a few people have texted in about that since we were trying to work out... Uh, ladies' nicknames in sport, yeah. but Madam Butterfly, 100%, Sam. You had a second yeah, she one? Yeah, was my favourite. Yeah. And my other one, we used to call a bloke um, that we used to always avoid. We used to always call him Pothole. <laughs> always avoid him. <laughs> we had a few people like that, <laughs> Pothole. Hey, good yeah. one, Sam. Love it, mate. Thank you. There, there's Sam, a couple of good ones there. Adrian's on the line. Adrian, good morning. 
Hey, guys. How are you going? How are you, Adrian? Look, I'm um, just with Caitlin Pong. It's really sad what's happened to him, but mm. it was it was inevitable. I can't believe Newcastle was so stupid to put him at number six. He was always going to be targeted by edge forwards. Um, but he's a poor defender. He's a brilliant attacker. And, I, you know, before the season started, I said he'll be back at fullback before Easter. I mean, Lockie Miller's playing well, so maybe they will play him at six still, but they can't have him in the front line because he's he's just going to get targeted. And uh, Reese Walsh is your Queensland fullback regardless of how Caelan's going. Yeah, it's sad with Caelan, though, isn't it? Adrian, whether you like him or yeah. not, no one wants to see anyone concussed like that. And I think he's had four now in the last oh, 10 or 12 games that he's competed in. And you know, sometimes, Ray, you've got to think ahead of rugby league. You think about life in general. And yeah. you do wonder, Ray... You know, how many more a, a player can take mm. before you have to have a hard decision? I heard some talk that maybe down the track he, he'll go back to rugby union because there's not that intense contact, if I can put it that way. And maybe he's, I hope we don't lose such a, a super talent. Uh, but it's a concern, isn't it, Dino? Mm. Well, the problem is, Ray, as concussions get worse sometimes, they look... Um, more simple, like the one on the weekend against the Tigers, you know, it wasn't a really heavy collision in terms of a head knock. Mm. But we haven't touched on the uh, concussion rules that we introduced during the week. An 11-day turnaround for Category 1, very wise of the NRL. It had to be done. Player welfare is absolutely paramount. We saw during the week reports mm. about the AFL having a class action. So I think the NRL's uh, made a good call. Any player gets a Category 1 concussion, is now out for 11 days. Although there is a list of exemptions where a player can appeal to an independent NRL-appointed doctor Mm. to see if they can come back early. We'll have Nathan Gibbs on a little bit later in the show to talk about the concussion. Just a quick one, Dino. A lot of talk about that 11-day rule and what would happen in a prelim final if, say, a Nathan Cleary or Adam Reynolds or one of the genuine superstars is concussed. Do you think there's any appetite to move the grand final two weeks from prelims, have that two-week break? So if there is some players with concussion, they've, they'll pass that 11-day deadline and be able to play? Yeah, I don't mind it, Ray, to some degree. I think the NRL's already knocked it on the head, mm. as far as mm. I can tell. And you've got to find an extra week in the year then, Ray. Good point. Does it go back another week? Does that impact on the broadcasters? Do you put it at the start of the year, then it goes into summer? It's not... Simple enough as to say an extra week. But yes, certainly in terms of getting your best players in the field, it would be a good idea. Mm. But logistically, I just don't think it's that simple. That's interesting. League Super Quiz time. 3-2. Dino, Dino leads 3-2. So call now, 13-53-53. That's 13-53-53 to be part of the League Super Quiz. No cheating, Ray. <laughs> For all the best in racing and all the latest in sport, this is Sky Sports Radio. Coming to you via 96.9 FM Kuma, 97.1 FM Junee, 87.6 FM Tumut and 88 FM Yamba. Get live racing on tap with a tap up. See every earth-shattering race live. With not one, not two, but all three Sky Racing channels. Plus tips from Sky experts. And a bit of this. This too. Some of this. And this. For all three Sky Racing channels on tap, download the Tap app. 
What's gambling really costing you? For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Lano, what's the difference between a gift card and an e-gift card? The e. Eh? No, e. Like the bonus Woolworths Supermarket e-gift card right now at Bingley. Oh. No, e. A bonus Woolworths Supermarket e-gift card up to $400 on selected kitchen and laundry appliances. Ah. Oh. No, Mum, e. Are you making fun of me? You? No, e. A Woolworths Supermarket e-gift card up to $400. With selected kitchen and laundry appliances right now. Bingley, better living every day. The 2023 Commercial Club Albury Gold Cup Carnival is on the 23rd and 24th of March. Experience one of the great Country Cup Carnivals with prize money of 825000 and great racing, including the Norton Development Group, Flat Knacker. Enjoy the unique experience this region has to offer. Don't miss the traditional Calcutta on Cup Eve or Queen Forever Live on the main stage after the Cup. For more info on tickets and hospitality packages, go to albryracing.com.au. Brain tumour, migraine, dementia. Have you or someone you love been touched by a brain disorder, disease or injury? Help the ones you love by donating to research today. Visit brainfoundation.org.au. and talk to Hudson, which created the room for Sheehan and Ireland, are beginning to motor. Ryan Baird in two. Lots of tacklers. Jack Conan tries to get it away. Sheehan! Oh, that is wonderful. That is wonderful. Jack Conan, the creator. Dan Sheehan finished like a winger. Ireland have their third try. On Sky Sports Radio and Radio Tab, this is the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. And welcome back to the show with Dino and Ray. That was Ireland beating England 29-16 to win the Six Nations. They are a rugby powerhouse at the moment. Producer Steve in studio. Coin toss, Dino. Tails, please, Steve. Oh, Great radio. This spinning. is spinning around. It's heads. heads. It is. I'll go two just for just keep normality. With All things. right. That would be player number one with a terrific name. Dean, are you there? Hello. Good morning. It's Dean with Dean. How are you, pal? Good, thank you. Yourself? I am really good. Let's rip into this quiz. Let's keep it all above board. Best of luck, Dean. No inflictions, no cheating, Dean. Let's get into it, okay? Thank you. All right. Which team holds the record for winning its first six regular season games in its maiden first grade season? Who won their first six games in their first season? Broncos. Correct. Yeah, good solid start. Way back in uh, 1988. When the King was there. He was. Mm. Dean, question number two. Who scored a hat-trick of tries for the Dolphins in their win over Newcastle on Friday night? And it's multiple choice. One, oh, A, rather. Tessie New, B, Jermaine Osako, or C, Hamaso Tabuai Fido? C. No. B. It was A. Yeah. <laughs> it was Tessie, oh. Tessie New. Tessie New. <laughs> Dean, one from two. Let's kick on to question three. Where was Broncos winger Corey Oates born? Was it A, Baralaba, B, Bituta, or C, Biloela, Ilay, I should say, Biloela. I think it's Biloela. 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 Baralaba, Bituta, Biloela. I'll go three. Three, you're right. Correct. Spot on. Two out of three. Sorry about the pronunciation there. I didn't know that and I hadn't heard of the town, but my apologies, but it doesn't matter. You got it right. Two out of three. Over to you, Ray. Okay. We've got Tracy on the line. Tracy, good morning. Hi, Ray. How are you going? Terrific. You're feeling confident, Trace? Um, 
yeah, a bit. I'll see how I go. Okay, <laughs> two to tie, three to win. So best of luck, Tracy. Uh, question number one: How many tries were scored in Manly's win over Parramatta on Thursday night? How many tries were scored in Manly's win over Parramatta on Thursday night? Oh, six. It's a tough question, that because she, she's sort of right in a sense because both Manly scored six mm. tries to win, but Parramatta scored six tries. Producer Steve, no, he's uh, he's they fobbed us off, Tracy. I was trying nice my best try. there. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it was actually twelve uh, tries, Tracy. Both teams scored oh, six okay. tries each. That's a tough question, right. Dino. Yeah, I thought it was Manly, but this is a tough gig, Ray. The quiz is yeah. only for the for the for the rugged, oh, for the okay. committed, for the resilient. Tracy, we're still in the game. Question number two is multiple choice. How many Australian first grade clubs has Tim Sheens coached? A, two, B, three, C, four. B. Was that C? Yep, four. That'll do. Hang on. There's confusion. You said C, didn't you, Tracy? No, B, B. Oh, Tracy, you're too honest. You're too honest, Tracy. Oh, no, you should have said. (laughs) I would have said, yep, that's exactly what I said. It was actually C, it was four. Um, Sorry about that, Tracy. Uh, You know what? Could we get her back next week? She was so honest. Yeah, Peter C used to get thumbs up. That first question threw her. It was a tough one. Tracy, you're too honest. Can you come back next week? Yeah, love to. Done, Trace. Yes, Tracy. Stay, stay on the line. We'll get we'll get your number, but we have to go back to Dean because Dean's the winner. Uh, Dean, are you there, mate? Yes, I am. Congratulations, Dean. Hey, um, a one dollars cash card courtesy of Tab will be coming your way ASAP. So just stay on the line, Dean. We'll get your details as well. And congratulations, mate. Thank you. Okay, cool. There you go. Dean won for Dean. Tracy, that's yeah, she very had, She had a tough one. Maybe the question, that's opening question... Should have been. Well, how many tries? We, it's right. How many tries? What would were you scored? have said ha, if? How many tries did both teams score? Correct. What would you have said mm-hmm. if you thought it was C and you said B? I would have said B because Ask someone me. would go back to the and replay and say, "Hang on, that bloke lied. You can't do that." Ask me. <laughs> C. I know what you do. Coming up next, Jared Daffy with today's life lessons. On the Big Sports Breakfast. Well, I've been thinking about this for a long time. Where do missing socks go? How do you throw away a garbage can? Do fish sleep? Why do donuts have holes? If you find out, can you let me know, please? Jared Daffy's words of wisdom. Do Lipton employees take coffee breaks? <laughs> There's a message there somewhere. like that one. Where do garbage cans go? It's a very good point. Jared Daffy, good morning. Morning, boys. Jared, to be brutally honest, Tracy has no place in the quiz, <laughs> being honest. Too exactly <laughs> right. What would you have done? Uh, I, would have, I would have done what everybody else does. Uh, <laughs> you in particular, Dean, I would have cheated. <laughs> well, well, I'm not one out. I thought the opening question was a bit <laughs> tough on her. Um, Jared, oh, watch, so, yeah, because yeah, it could have yeah. gone. She actually answered it correctly in one respect. That Manly scored. Six. Anyway, I digress. Mm. What's today's life lesson? Words of wisdom from Jared Daffy. Well, it's a part of, you're both journalists of some repute. Why is the letter W in English called W? Should it be double V? Mm. I've always thought that. Yeah, true. Mm. Depends yeah, how you write v. it too. I actually write it like a, as a W. w. I don't do the, the V thing. Oh, Jared. That's but controversial. Yeah. <laughs> this is great radio. <laughs> Riveting stuff. <laughs> we, better, we better move on. <laughs> NRL, two games to go for round three in the NRL. And 
how are the Dolphins and the Broncos changing the overall premiership market? Well, uh, the Broncos are now $8. Uh, they were actually 21 at one stage before the season got underway. So they're on the third line, Penrith 4, Roosters 6, Brisbane 8, South 9, Manly 11, Melbourne out to 12 now, Cronulla 13, uh, Cowboys are 19, the Bulldogs uh, are there at $23. And... We've still got uh, mm. still got the do- oh they're twenty three dollars as well the dolphins jeez okay so they come in from what probably five hundred to one no, <laughs> no they they weren't that big actually okay. they were eighty one prior to the week leading into round one I know there was one bet alone of five hundred dollars on them at eighty one dollars really gee so and they were eight dollars to make the eight and the Broncos well all they've done obviously since round one has, mm. has shortened up but mm. we didn't have we didn't have a market up for it but. Uh, we did put that market up for next week's match, which at the moment yeah. is Dolphins 350, Brisbane 130, a line of 10.5. Obviously, um, if Kafusi's out, uh, that makes a big difference there. But who would have thought uh, that coming into round four that both of these sides would be undefeated? Unbelievable. Particularly hey, um, the Dolphins. Yeah, it's a quick one, Jared. Dino, I did ask Dino this morning, he's pretty sure. Is Suncorp a sell out for next Friday night? I don't know, but I would imagine it would be. It's going kind to. Of it would be yeah, for sure. Forty-three thousand tickets already sold, apparently. So oh, okay, it'll be, okay. It'll be a sellout. Yeah, Jared, uh, and, AFL, and the, Super I'll, I'll give you the two of the day. Um, decent move for the Bulldogs at dollar thirty-four now to beat the Tigers at three thirty, a line of nine and a half points. And Canberra have started to come in two twenty-five this time yesterday, two fifteen. Cronulla a dollar seventy and a line there of two and a half points. So that's today. As far as the AFL is concerned, well, some had some rather bizarre games so mm. far. The Giants today, a dollar seventy. Adelaide, two fifteen. A line of seven and a half points. Money for the outsider. Hawthorne have been two forty into two fifteen uh, to beat Essendon, a dollar seventy. A line of four and a half points. And St Kilda, they're getting out. Uh, they're out to two seventy. Freo, a dollar forty-seven. A line there of twelve and a half points. Uh, the flag, Melbourne favourites at five fifty. Geelong okay. at six. Mm. Uh, this will this will be changed later in the day. Brisbane was seven fifty prior to last night. They were woeful. I don't know whether you caught any of that, Ray, but they were awful. Yeah, and that, and that. Uh, Port Adelaide were good though, weren't they? Gee. Yeah, well, Collingwood are eight, Richmond nine, and Port Adelaide were sixteen. They're into ten, and the Swans they just keep delivering. The Swans they're into ten as well. So that'll be it'll be realigned later in the day. But uh, but Melbourne will be the favourites. Super Rugby and the cricket one day series continues in India. Yeah, a couple of shorties uh, to come in the Super Rugby. Uh, Dean Highland is a dollar and eight. Western four seven fifty. A line of eighteen and a half there. That match gets underway at one thirty five, and the Reds a dollar eleven. Fiji and Drew is six twenty. A line there of sixteen and a half points. The cricket, uh, the One Day International tonight. I think that one gets underway. Yeah, it does. Yeah, uh, Australia, and India. Yep, Australia were. Two dollar thirty-five outside. Seven o'clock tonight. It gets underway. Just checking the time. India a dollar sixty. Australia two thirty-five. So we've only got the head-to-head market open at the moment. The rest will open in the next hour or so. And the netball's underway for another season, Jared. It is, and we've got two clashes today. The Sunny Coast are at home to the Giants. Sunshine Coast two o five. The Giants one seventy-five. And the Firebirds three dollars and. Thunderbirds at dollar thirty six and a line of four and a half points. So the two mm. matches today in the netball. Now we've got a text message here from Matt. Right. Daff, time to get a new life lesson. I've heard that one four <laughs> times now. Are you regurgitating? Uh 
Do you Sometimes. do this life lesson on any other show on this wonderful station? No, but I, used to put, I used to put them on Facebook. Oh. Uh, well, yes. what about this one then? I've got a reserve. Mm-hmm. Why is the word number abbreviated to N-O when there is no O in the word number? Good, good stuff. Very, very good, good comeback. Right. Matt, there's one back across the net at you. <laughs> Now, Jared, before you go... You shouldn't really be reading out any texts that are derogatory to the team, Dean. That's pretty poor form no, by no, that's you. So but anyway, <laughs> have you managed to coerce any other sucker down to Currawa Surf Club to buy you coffee and breakfast like you did with me? Uh, yeah, no, I've got a few there. <laughs> I've got a few there. Hey, um, hey, Jared, I think you put on expenses. But I, I, <laughs> I picked my mark now because, as I said... Last time, um, I, I mean, I went there to have a conversation with you, but it was impossible with all of the fans that recognised you wanted coming up wanting autographs yeah, and selfies. I you basically gave me nothing. Yeah, they they line up at the front of the studio here at French's Forest every Sunday morning. I'm not it was about Dean's entourage. It was about four minutes into the coffee. I thought, <laughs> God, this is getting boring. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jerry, good on you, mate. We'll talk next week. See you, lads. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Jared Daffy with today's life lesson and. All sporting odds. Our next guest, Phil Moss. I wonder what he thought of the Wanderers last night. Mossy, good morning. 4-0 Wanderers over Sydney FC. I think, to use a sporting cliche, they put Sydney FC to the sword. I was hoping Phil Moss was there. Maybe he's not. Not there just yet. Yeah. Did you see any of that? Can you hear me? Mossy, oh, got you now. now. Yeah, did you hear me? You got me. Uh, yeah. Good him, morning. They put him to the sword last night, the Wanderers. That, that was my best play. ever intro, and you, uh, <laughs> and you couldn't hear it. <laughs> I do my best work when I'm silent. Okay. Um, yeah, look, it was, uh, in a word, clinical. Mm. Um, Western Sydney, like if you, if you... And I was out there at the game, and it was a fantastic atmosphere and, and all of that, but... Um, Sydney had 23 shots to 12. They had eight on target compared to Western Sydney seven uh, and 60% possession. But it's what Western Sydney did with the ball. You know, there's effective, uh, there's a possession and there's effective possession. And Western Sydney were very effective, um, very clinical. I thought of Malpatano and Neuenhoff and Ninkovic in midfield really bossed Retre, Bratton and Caceres for Sydney. Um, Joe Lolly um, and Robbie Mack. Robbie Mack had a great chance early. Didn't take it. Uh, Joe Lolly's gone off the boil of late. Um, and uh, Lawrence Thomas made some good saves in, in the goal for Western Sydney Wanderers. So Sydney did have their chances. But uh, overall, Western Sydney Wanderers came and, and blew Sydney off the park. They, they were physical. They were, um, they were sharp. They were hungry. Uh, they laid the platform in the first half and, and went on with it. And there was some wonderful finishing by Leone. Uh, very, very clinical. Um, with with what he did in front of goal to get round Redmayne, then Young Newenhoff uh, scored an absolute bomb from outside the box against mm. his former club. Um, he, he's a real talent, uh, Callum Newenhoff. I've known him um, since he was a, a toddler. He's a manly boy. Um, grew up with his father Jason, and um, this kid could go to uh, to some really good heights in his in his career. Now, Mossy, the Mariners travel to Melbourne victory today, and I think Macarthur host uh, Melbourne City tonight. Yeah, that's right, Bulldog. The, the, the Victory Mariners one is a fascinating game. Um, you know, Victory rooted to the bottom of the table, just haven't just haven't got going this season uh, for, for all manner of different reasons. But um, it's still a danger game for the Central Coast Mariners, although they're at the different end of the table and um, and you know playing some good good football under Nick Montgomery. It's still a dangerous place to go. Mm. Um, it can be intimidating. So uh, look, I'm, I'm actually going to tip Melbourne Victory. I'm going to go against the grain here and just tip an upset. I, I just think Victory 
they've got too strong a squad on paper not to win games uh, here and there. So uh, I think this is one that they might take full advantage of. And I think Melbourne City will go to MacArthur and be too strong for uh, for MacArthur and get the points there. Although I think there's an injury cloud over Jamie McLaren, who was left out of the Socceroos squad um, for next week's games against Ecuador. And uh, yesterday, just going back quickly to Newcastle, that was a pulsating game. I commentated that one for Paramount Plus, and um, Good plug, two Austin. two it ended. Good plug. <laughs> <laughs> two 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 it ended, and um, and uh, Perth Glory snatched a very very late corner from uh, with Brian Williams getting a glancing header, but uh, Newcastle continually get to this stage of the season where they've got things in their own control in their own hands and just let things slide through their fingers so uh, you know where Newcastle end this season is going to be interesting there's only 15 points now to play for um, but Arthur Pappas has certainly got some work to uh, to get his team consistently winning football games mm. Other games here already this weekend Brisbane Raw 1, West United nil, and Adelaide United thumped Wellington Phoenix 5-1. Mossy, really interested in your thoughts, re the A-League's expansion plans. Yeah, so it was announced during the week that um, Canberra and Auckland mm. are the first two targets for expansion. And um, look, I think it's fantastic. The A-League needs to expand. We need more teams. We need more opportunities for players. We need more opportunities for coaches and administrators as well. And uh, it comes hot on the heels of the um, National Second Division and, and the uh, announcement that there's that the expressions of interest are in now. So you can start to feel a little bit of movement in the Australian, the, the professional Australian football landscape, which is uh, fantastic. Look, I think Canberra have been knocking on the door for a long time now. It would be great to see a, uh, an A-League team in Canberra. Um, from uh, the 24-25 season. Um, good excuse for me uh, and my wife to go down and see our uh, our, our daughter and son-in-law down there. there you go. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a good market down there in um, in Canberra. And, and I think Auckland, I mean, that gives us a New Zealand derby as well, which is uh, which is really important. I think the market over there is, is strong enough to support it. Um, we've had a team in Auckland before in the, in the good old days. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how the New Zealand public get behind that. Mossy, the great concern in rugby league about expansion is, is there enough money there? Mm. And are there enough in the player pool? Do you think you have the players to make two more teams competitive and viable? Yeah, I do, Bulldog. And it, it is, a, you know, it's the million dollar question, isn't it, whenever you look at expansion. But um, I think we saw through COVID that the more players and young players that got the opportunity, that they've really risen to the to the challenge. And that's the thing, if... I always say if you leave a player in reserve grade, they're always going to look like a reserve grader. Mm. Um, so when when you get the opportunity to expand players, there's, there's, there are so many players um, and so many talent pathways, both here and in New Zealand, that uh, can support those teams. So look, it'll, it, it's very difficult to hit the ground running with a new franchise and, and you know go from zero to hero. But um, I, I certainly believe there's a big enough player pool uh, both here and in New Zealand to support two new teams. And I know we want to get to 16 teams uh, within the next five seasons. So, um, you know, players players will rise to the challenge, I've got no doubt. And there's plenty of coaching talent. I know that for a fact. Yep, fair enough. Hey, Mossy, plenty happening in, in English football. Leeds had a massive win overnight, 4-2 away at Wolves. Um, that gets them away from relegation zone, at least for the time being. There's also been FA Cup quarter quarterfinals, Manchester City, I don't think any surprise here, thrash Burnley 6-0. Yeah, that's right. Well, let's let's cover that one first. Um, no, no surprise there, Harland with a hat-trick. Um, he's just, uh, oh, it's, it's incredible. We're losing superlatives, yeah. yeah. Like, I think that's now 
I think that might be 37 or 38 wow. goals in, in all competitions in his first season in English football, don't forget. So usually it takes players time to adapt. Um, so that's incredible. So they're through. Um, and uh, back to the Premier League, as you said, massive, massive uh, win for, for Leeds United just to lift them up to 14th place. Yeah, and that puts that them now... second last, up 19th. To, that's how tight it is. They've gone from 19th to 14th with that win. So... That's right. It's mm. just crazy. I think from uh, it was from twelfth spot down to twentieth. Yeah. Um, there's there's only four points separating. So, so uh, we're in for a bumper end of the season. But um, and the the other two results that caught my eye overnight really was um, Spurs and Chelsea both being held to draws. Mm. Spurs away to Southampton, and Chelsea at home to Everton. Um, so they they're, they're uh, you know two points you would say lost by Chelsea and Spurs as they. Um, as they challenge for those European spots, but Chelsea have got a lot of work to do. I think Spurs are up three-one too in that match away at Southampton. They were so it was a yep. massive point for Southampton too because they desperately needed. Um, plenty happening though still in the EPL overnight and also the A League. Where are we going with Mossy's multi? Yeah, quick three-legger for this one, Ray, and mm-hmm. I've already covered off the two A-League legs. Uh, Melbourne victory to get over Central Coast Mariners at home this afternoon. Yep. Uh, Melbourne City to take the points at MacArthur tonight. That game's just been pushed back to 7 o'clock because of the heat. Mm-hmm. And uh, Arsenal to get over Crystal Palace. I think it's paying around about the, the, the late $4, maybe early $5. Terrific. Hey, Mossy, appreciate as always, and we'll talk next Sunday. Thanks, guys. Have Thanks, a great Mossy. day. There's Phil Moss talking the world of football. Here's the news. Hello, I'm Sarah Wombe. Residents on Victoria's surf coast can safely return home after being on standby to evacuate. Fire crews have battled blazes which erupted during hot and windy conditions across the state, but the main focus was on the surf coast. Those fires were contained throughout the day. In the NT, a bushfire about 130 kilometres from Alice Springs continues to burn in the West Macdonald National Park. Several sections of the park are closed until at least tomorrow. A hot air mass is sweeping across New South Wales' east coast, resulting in another day of stifling heat. Weather Bureau forecaster Jenny Sturrock says relief is on the way. The good news is that we will see a cool change later in the evening and that will mean Monday uh, when we start the working week again, it'll be back into the the mid-20s. So uh, Sunday's a perfect opportunity with the warm weather to head down to the beach. The answer to Queensland's rental crisis has many divided as the state continues to grapple with low affordability and sky-high prices. Many of the state renters are calling for price capping on rent increases but Propertology Managing Director Simon Presley says it's not just renters feeling the pain. 96% of our, of our national rental pool is funded by the everyday Aussie property investors. We've got all the commentary um, around the cost of the tenant, but no one seems to think that the supplier of that accommodation has seen their interest expense increase by about $10,000 per annum. Drug dealers are using social media sites to trade illegal substances. Chandra Llewellyn reports. Members of dozens of private Facebook groups are reportedly trading drugs under the guise of buying and selling fruit and vegetables. A News Corp investigation infiltrated a number of groups and discovered members using coded messages, including the use of the broccoli emoji to mean marijuana and a snowflake for methamphetamine. Many of the pages have been operating 
running for months or years and regularly change their name to avoid detection. Meta has confirmed several groups have been taken down for breaching its policies. In air medical news, experts claim there's a 10-month delay in diagnosing cases of juvenile arthritis. Up to 10,000 Australian children have the condition, which is often viewed as an older person's disease. Juvenile Arthritis Foundation founder, Associate Professor Ruth Colligieri, says these delays can have long-term consequences. If children aren't diagnosed early and referred for treatment, uh, that they can end up having lifelong um, lifelong complications and disabilities with their joints and there's also a, an eye disease that um, children get with juvenile arthritis that can cause loss of vision. Also in news, former US President Donald Trump claims he expects to be arrested on Tuesday over hush money allegedly paid to a porn star before the 2016 US election. A blob of seaweed twice the width of the United States is headed for Florida. Scientists have been tracking the mass since 2011. They say it'll pass through the Caribbean and into the Gulf of Mexico in July. And leaked plans reveal Prince George, Princess Charlotte and Prince Louis will participate in King Charles' coronation process. This is Air News. Three more games of NRL action in round three yesterday. Terry Daniel has the results. A second half fight back has helped Brisbane maintain its undefeated start to the NRL season. The Broncos have come from 16-6 down to smash the St George Dragons 40 points to 18. The New Zealand Warriors ran in 20 unanswered points to beat the North Queensland Cowboys 26-12 and the Gold Coast Titans held on to beat the Melbourne Storm 38-34. The victory gives Gold Coast two wins from three games to start the season and coach Justin Holbrook says it's a solid foundation to build on. Start with two away games uh, in a row is not easy, so it was really important we, we got back here at home and, and showed that type of character that the boys have shown all pre-season, so really happy to come out and, and get the win. Terry Daniel, Air Sport. New Kangaroos coach Alastair Clarkson has opened his North Melbourne career with a win. Under a closed roof at Marvel Stadium due to the heat, North Melbourne held on to defeat West Coast by five points. Clarkson says there's work to be done, but it's a good start. Yeah, we just got to learn to play four quarters of footy. We played two and a half really good quarters, and then uh, we just fell away in the last you know, 45 minutes of the game. And uh, I said to the players during the week, win, win lose, or draw, uh, we're going to get enormous value out of this game. Wins also to the Swans, Demons, and Power. And in the Super Netball, West Coast and Collingwood both posted wins. Australian Independent Radio News. The English Easter Yearling Sale statistically provides the best opportunity for you to buy the best horses. So don't miss out on the 2023 renewal on April 3 and 4 at Riverside Stables. Catalogue available now. Visit english.com.au for more information. Sometimes the Bulldogs are everything. That's forward. And sometimes online dating is everything. Mm, that's forward. So whenever footy is everything, get the footy you want. With 17 Bulldogs games exclusive to Fox League, available on KO. Owning a dog or cat is special. The joy they bring, the love they give. Responsible and caring breeders, like Dogs New South Wales members, give their dogs special care. These breeders preserve their breeds and breed beautiful, healthy puppies that become loved family members for many homes. However, the Animal Justice Party wants to stop you owning a dog or cat or any animal. That is just so wrong. Don't let them take pet ownership away from you. Make your vote count at this election. Put the Animal Justice Party last. Written, spoken and authorised by Jay Hutchison, Lang Warren. On Sky Sports Radio, the traffic report.
Red Rooster's $2.50 snack subs. Each with succulent chicken, crisp lettuce, and your choice of sauce packed into a sub. The Rooster's calling. Get it where you can, while you can. Available all day. In the Rocks, a special event has George Street closed between Lower Fort Street and Hickson Road. Special event Clearways is in place on sections of Argyle Street, George Street, Hickson Road, and Harrington Street. In the Sydney CBD, there's one westbound lane closed on Liverpool Street between George Street and Kent Street due to ongoing building damage. If your fixed rate home loan is ending, the refinanciers at Aussie could help you save thousands on your home loan. Let's talk at aussie.com.au or come in store today. I'm Thomas Reeve, number one in racing on Sky Sports Radio. On the big sports breakfast, interstate weather. Sydney today, a hot one. Morning fog. It was a bit of a pea super this morning driving in, Dino. Heading for a top of 32 degrees in the city. Could be as high as 40 out at Penrith. Melbourne, possible morning shower, top of 21. Brisbane, partly cloudy and 32. Perth, sunny and 33 degrees. Adelaide, partly cloudy and 27. Hobart, possible late shower, a top of 21. Darwin, shower two, possible storm, heading for a top of 32 degrees. And in Canberra, mostly sunny. Sunny and 36. Crimson to the corner, back on the inside. Carl Pereira, he scores. The Titans running and gunning on the Gold Coast. The Sydney Kings sit on their throne and rule over the NBL. Back to back champions. Attacking position here, the Warriors. Johnson, there's a spring in their step here. Poppy battles at the top of Holmes. Got it there to Corsi. Sports Radio and Radio Tab, the big sports breakfast weekend. And welcome back to the show with Dino and Ray, our final hour coming up. Terry Reader, the Dolphins CEO, will join us. Dolphins 3-0 and and they'll take on the Broncos next Friday night who are also 3-0 and in the first Battle of Brisbane. That's going to be extraordinary stuff before potentially a sellout crowd. Dr Nathan Gibbs will join us later in this hour to talk about the con- uh, concussion protocols. A lot of debate. A couple of SMSs there saying they don't want to see uh, an extra week's break and have that two weeks in, from the prelims to the grand final because that week's all about the grand final, etc. I, I just wonder what will happen if a star player misses the grand final because of concussion protocols. Do you know uh, it'll upset a lot of fans? But we'll talk to Nathan Gibbs about that. Tanya with the sports update. Phil Buzz Rothfield to finally clear up exactly how Bulldog got his nickname, plus all things NRL. And we'd love to hear your thoughts on 135353, SMS 0419767272. Our talk topic, Dino, is all about sporting nicknames. We've got got some beauties this morning, haven't we? Yeah, Marjorie Jackson. This is from Glenn from Chroma, Mm. the Lithgow Flash. Grant from Chroma, the Lithgow Flash. How could you forget that nickname? What a wonderful nickname. Uh, No name on this one. Not sure if it's been read out, but one of my favourites was uh, John Eels. Nobody, because nobody is perfect. He was pretty close, wasn't he, John Eels? <laughs> he was amazing. He's an oldie but a goldie. We called a bloke at work the sensor light. He only worked when you <laughs> walked past him. Boom, tish, right? <laughs> Got it. And here's one from Fitzy Bulldog. Please, Bill Wheeler. 
Investigation. He's calling already for the quiz. Yeah, Fitz sorry, is on Fitzy. the ball. Fitz is on I the ball. I couldn't get that one out. I spat it out eventually, <laughs> but it wasn't very good. And Fitzy also says, Dean from Queensland, all those questions were Queensland-based. Hey, don't look at me. Speaking of Queensland, our next guest, Terry Reedy, he'll be filling on top of the world, the Dolphins CEO. They're 3-0 and to start the season. Terry, good morning. Thanks for joining us. And uh, Terry, obviously, seriously, in your wildest dreams, could you have imagined a start like this for the Dolphins? Um, well, the best way to describe it is we couldn't have scripted it any better. And I yeah. think, um, you know, we, we, you, you know, you've been interviewed during the, the process and we're always confident we had a squad that was going to be competitive and people would be proud of it. And we always thought we'd surprise you. But um, start 3-0, you know, it's a great way to start for our club and it sets up an absolute blockbuster for the first ever battle, the Battle of Brisbane, mm. Friday at Suncorp, which is, it's, it's, we're only a thousand tickets left. So, you know, that's it's going to be packed to the rafters. Wow. Terry, I know Redcliffe's been around for you know, many, many decades as a club. A strong club. 76 years. Strong there you go, club. 76 yeah, years. Strong club. Yeah. But it still doesn't um, take away from the fact that you've worked so hard to, to, to start up an NRL club. It must have been a long, hard battle, and there must have been times in there where you thought, gee, this is getting on top of me, and I hope this is all worth it. Yeah, well, to be honest, the, the bid process was probably the most stressful because we had, um, you know, the, you didn't know how it was going to go. We had the COVID interruptions. You're doing it. Are you coming in? Is it going to be? We were meant to find out in August. They had about um, 18 months runway, and said we got a 12 month runway when we decided and uh, gave us the license in the middle of October, right when the market opened. The sign page was 22, and um, I must admit the real work started. Then we didn't hadn't even enjoyed winning the bid because uh, the real work started with a 12-month window to get a staff in place. Like, we've gone from one to one staff member to 50 as we transition through to 2023. 20, and what people don't realise, and a lot of people still find it surprising, we did, we've given no concessions for funding. We're on our, our centre own two, two feet and make it all happen. Now, the club spent about part of $7 million in 22 to get everything up and running because we're running like a fully-fledged general time without a team running out on the weekend. We had to have the, everything in place and doing commercial deals, putting together staff, having them in ready for November 1. So um, it was a hectic year, and I always describe it as a whirlwind, but, um, you know, it's come together wonderfully well, and, and uh, you know, we, we couldn't ask for a better start. Yeah, well, speaking of the start, that home game, round one, Dolphins 28, Roosters 18, shocked the NRL world, literally. Then in round two, Dolphins 20, Raiders 14, both home games, of course, um, defeated the Knights 36 20 um, this weekend, but back to those first two home games, Terry. What struck me was look around the crowd, the people wearing the red of the Dolphins. The, the merchandise sales must be through the roof. No, you're right, and that's I uh, we were having this discussion yesterday. One of the proudest things I think for everyone involved in the club, and even you know even the coach. You know, it, it took us all back a step. You know, we had a plan, we had a strategy, and the way everyone's bought into everything. So the sea of red there at that yeah. first game with thirty. You know, nearly 35,000 there, dressed head to toe in red with their behind the whole marketing and brand with their fins up. Become one of the, the greatest catch guys in Australian sport uh, over the last few weeks with, uh, uh, with us, with it, get your fin up. And, and I think that was when you stood there and looked at all that, the sea of red and everyone behind us. And then the team did what they did and have continued to do what, do what they've done. Um, you know, it's where all parts of the business come together and uh, as, as, we, as we wanted. But you certainly took a step back because you didn't think. You didn't think it would uh, be like that on day one, but, um, you know, we couldn't, we 
couldn't be more excited and happy with how that's gone. It was great scenes, you know, wasn't it? Just that Certainly sea was. of red in the yeah, crowd. It was, yeah. It's been an amazing entry. Yeah. Hey, Terry, I want to ask you, do you think Redcliffe's, oh, sorry, Dolphins, the Dolphins, Dolphins start to the year, and it's only early, mind you, but do you think their, their wonderful start would alleviate any fears among punters that the NRL can't sustain an 18th team? Um, oh, I think so, but the, the thing you've got to do, if they bring another side in, they can't do it like us. We've got wonderful foundation in place, and, and it wasn't easy. Well, make no mistake about it, it wasn't easy. And, you know, we've got the best coach, a marquee coach, and things weren't easy for us to get to the, to the start line. So I think if you're going to bring another side in, you can't just do it without the support of concessions, I, I, I personally think. And um, having run it and, and uh, done it, I, I just can't see how you can do that. There's not many other clubs with us with a foundation already in place and the, and the assets to actually be able to stand on your own two feet and get to the start line in the right position. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a fair call, Terry. What about next Friday night, Terry? Um, it's been dubbed the, the Battle of Brisbane already. Um, there's going to be a rivalry, obviously, because suddenly Brisbane have two teams. How does your club approach it? And I asked that because I was interested in Kevy Walters' comments post-match last night after the Broncos win over the Dragons, and he was asked about this emerging rivalry, and he said, we're the Broncos, that's our mindset, that's all we think about. What, do you have any idea what Wayne Bennett and the coaching staff are going to approach this game on Friday night? Well, Wayne actually said it best in his comments after the uh, night's game. He said, oh, what, what do you think about the game this week? You know, what's going to happen? He said, well, I don't have to think about it. He said, um, these are the easy ones to coach. He said, who doesn't want to be on that field for, for a game of that magnitude? And he said, um, you know, and, and I think, you know, whether you're a player or a fan, everyone's been sort of looking forward to it ever since the draw came out. But as we, we both arrived 3-0, um, I think, it went up a notch over the last few weeks and, uh, you know, they'll be hanging from the rafters there. And yeah. um, I think uh, it's the first of and you'll, you'll, you'll do some things during the week. But almost like if you look at Adelaide in, in uh, the showdown where you've got a, if you like, you know, team that's come into it, become common, that traditional um, SANFL side that's come out of it. They're up to yeah. battle 50, uh, showdown 58. We'll have the first ever battle, battle one. And, um, you know, that, that rivalry will... Well, I think will be one of the most intense because there's only two sides in Brisbane. It's new and it's a modern day rivalry, and I can just think how that's going to end up in as years to come. Terry, three straight wins. Do you dare? Do you dare to dream of finals, or is it still another year or two away? Where do you stand in terms of your ambitions? Well, I don't think anything's changed for us, and you might find it boring. But we've we've been saying this, and you won't hear much different from. The coach as well, but our whole our whole piece has been since the start was that we're going to have a side that's going to be competitive, team that people are going to be proud of, and um, who knows? I think we might surprise a few people, and I think that continues to be uh, how we answer that question. And we're only as we said, we're, we're three rounds in of you know there's 24 games, so uh, you never like to get ahead of yourself. But you know the way the boys have come together and the things have been put in place to, to make sure that environment's working, and, and as we know we've got. Coach, the games have seen um, leading the charge, so you know who knows. Yeah, now who knows? But what what we do know is that the Dolphins are off to a flyer, as you said, Terry. It sets up this huge clash on Friday night. I, I can't wait for it. It's going to be an epic game. Terry, thanks for joining us this morning. Congratulations on the start the Dolphins have had, and the very best of luck for the rest of the 2023 season. No, I appreciate it, boys. Thanks for having me. Uh, don't forget, yeah, up.
Good on Fins you, up. Yeah, Thanks, I Terry. Yeah. There's Terry Reader, the CEO of the Dolphins. And, uh, you know, they, they've obviously defied all expectations and they're off to this flyer. But ha- how do you see next Friday night? Are the Broncos have got too much class? Or? Oh, you'd think so. Felice Corfusi's. Are we riding off the Dolphins there. again? Well, we are. And we've been stung already for that. I thought the other day, Ray, I looked back at some of the first year clubs, you know, the Raiders. 82 and, mm. the, and the Steelers and the Broncos, etc., etc. But back then they were bringing through local kids who hadn't played in the old the, New South Wales the, comp. The Broncos were different because they were almost, they were a bit almost an origin side, weren't but, they? Yeah, yeah, but they hadn't played in the New yeah, South Wales course, Rugby yeah, League, so yeah. they sustained week after yeah. week, grind, got them eventually. The point I'm trying to make here, though, is that the Dolphins, of course, have got players who have played in the NRL for years, mm. so they're not going to have that mid-season blues where they run out of steam. There's three or four Melbourne Storm players in there, for goodness yeah. sake. So they're going to know how to cope with their, the pressures of the NRL throughout the entire year. The other big game is next Thursday night. Grand final rematch of Parramatta versus Penrith. And Parramatta 0-3, but they've lost their three games by four points each time. Going to turn soon. Here's a little tip for you. I had a very, very good contact to me yesterday, and I yeah. won't reveal his name. He reckons Parramatta are gearing up for the ambush of their season, oh, albeit no. the year's only a month old. So, this if is, you've got a couple of dollars, Ray, go out. Well, I can't back and back Penrith. the eels. This is the, the rare night of the season when I go out with Tanya and, and a brother and don't cheer for Parramatta. They're very quiet on my own in Penrith. So. You've got to learn to cheer your teammate. I, I cheer Parramatta every other week. Yeah, yeah, but I'll be very quiet. Anyway, that's anyway. my little street corner okay. tip, Ray. Well, Back just the just on that head to head early betting on that game on Thursday night. The Eels are three thirty. The Panthers are dollar thirty four. Dino. Yeah, I thought that'd be about right. Okay, mind you, they're going to turn soon, Parramatta. They're yeah, very close. They are. Yeah. It's very close. And in that battle, the Bruce from the Dolphins are three fifty head to head. The Broncos a dollar thirty in the first battle of Brisbane. We'll take a quick break. Listen to Dino and Ray in the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. Sky Sports Radio, number one in racing. Heard throughout the state, including Burke, 96.1 FM. Finlay, 87.6 FM. Kalkan, 92.5 FM. And Broken Hill, 100.5 FM. The 2023 Commercial Club Albury Gold Cup Carnival is on the 23rd and 24th of March. Experience one of the great Country Cup Carnivals with prize money of 825000 and great racing, including the Norton Development Group, Flatnacker. Enjoy the unique experience this region has to offer. Don't miss the traditional Calcutta on Cup Eve or Queen Forever Live on the main stage after the Cup. For more info on tickets and hospitality packages, go to albryracing.com.au. Quality yearlings and the country's best incentives make the Magic Millions Gold Coast March Yearling Sale a must-attend, March 20 and 21. All yearlings are eligible for the Million Dollar Plus Magic Millions Race Series, rising to over $20 million in two years' time. Buy the next Queensland-bred star like Jonker, Capitalist and Zoostar. This year's catalogue offers 388 lots with progeny by 80 individual sires, including 44 by local sire sensation Better Than Red. For more information and to view the catalogue, visit magicmillions.com. Sometimes the Panthers are everything. That's forward. And sometimes online dating is everything. Mm, that's forward. So, whenever footy is everything, get the footy you want with 12 Panthers games exclusive to Fox League, available on KO. There's a new place to get it all on tap. And it's in your pocket. The Tab app has live racing. Touchdowns. Downtowns. 
the beautiful game. Australia's biggest game. Our other biggest game. A bit of this. This. Oh, come on, ref. And this. For racing and sport on tap, download the Tab app. Chances are you're about to lose. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. And that'll be for Speared down leg side, and that's the win for Victoria. Matt Short hits the winning runs and puts Victoria into the Sheffield Shield final. We'll see a rematch not only of this game at this venue, but of last year's final at this venue as well. On Sky Sports Radio and Radio Tab, this is the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. Yes, Victoria through to the Sheffield Shield final against Western Australia. Forgettable year for New South Wales, Dingo, season. Yeah, they've struggled, but I was talking about this to my brother yesterday. The entire Australian attack is New South Wales, or from New South Wales. Never there. Never there. Steve mm. Smith and David Warner. Mm. So there's six, there's more than half your team that just do not play for New South Wales. I mean, Still, New South Wales traditionally got the depth to oh, cover for that. should, but losing six of your best players, right? That, that's hard to bloody cope with, mate. Mm. And, you know, it comes back again to not playing Sheffield Shield because of the damn... Yeah, 2020 stuff. Yeah, well, it's hard to fit a schedule Correct. in. Our, our next guest, it's a really important topic this during um, the week. The NRO announced that they've introduced um, an 11-day concussion rule, Dino. So effectively that a person who was concussed then cannot play. Category one. Yeah, so how, how does that, how do they define that? Uh, well, let's ask this man. He's probably better off to get an answer from than me. Correct, and that's Dr Nathan Gibbs, a former um, first grader, played 95 games, South City and Parramatta Eels, and he's back in the late 70s, early 80s, and he's been involved with football coach for the best <coughs> part of 40 years since. Uh, Nathan, good morning. Thanks for joining us. And can you explain the 11-day concussion rule? Why 11 days? And as Dino said, there are certain categories. So I, I, um, how will a doctor or medical staff be able to categorise um, the concussions that a player may receive in a game? Good morning, Dean Ray. Good to talk to you. The, uh, basically, the 11-day rule is, is simply simply put means you'll miss the next weekend's game, and mm. it covers the time between the Thursday night you know, game to the Sunday of the following week, Sunday afternoon game, which is 10 days. So, uh, and it, uh, and the, the rules apply. You won't be able to be... You can apply to the NRL to play within that period if you don't have Category 1 symptoms. And they're the, that's where the concussion diagnosis is pretty definitive immediately. And that's, as an example, where you're unconscious, where you're convulsing on the ground, mm. uh, where you get up and fall over again because you can't stand up properly, or when you're first attended to by the trainer or the doctor, you're confused, disorientated, dazed. You know, that's where the... That's where you immediately fail the, the concussion assessment, uh, and, that, and we call that a cap one. Uh, when you bring someone off because you're worried they might have had a head knock, what you then do is you test them more specifically in terms of balance tests, memory orientation tests, just to see if their brain thinking is a bit slower than their normal baseline level, and we call that a cap two if someone were to fail those tests. Uh, and, and under the current NRL rules, the cap the cat twos uh, can play within that period, uh, if uh, unless yeah. they've got other other rules which apply, which are things like uh, if you've had more than five concussions in your career, uh, then you can't play under the eleven days. Uh, if you've had one in the previous three months, you can't play. 
if you've had what if you've ever had a concussion where you've had quite a slow recovery from, uh, we consider that a reason not to play within the 11 days. And the last one is the, and this is a bit debatable, I suppose, what's considered a low impact concussion, as in a concussion that perhaps wouldn't normally concuss someone, mm. but it has concussed you. You know, we can say, oh, you're you've got a a lower threshold for sustaining concussion. So we we get concerned about that. I must admit one thing that worries me, obviously I'm involved in origin, but the the Wednesday night, uh, the players played the weekend, two weekends before the first state of origin game on the Wednesday night. But on that Sunday, there were two games and that's, that's a 10 day period. So oh, any concussions yeah. on the Sunday, 10 days before origin one would rule the player out. It's, it's a funny situation. Well, not funny as in humorous, Nathan, but it's a, it's an interesting situation in that we're all thinking like you are about state of origin and grand finals. But uh, you know, I guess the players have to be protected from themselves. Yes, they they reach, it's interesting. They have the international uh, conference on sports concussion every three or four years, and it's been delayed because of. Uh, uh, COVID, obviously, but the last one held at the end of 16, and the position papers were published uh, early 17. Uh, they they definitely stated there was there was no medically proven cause and effect relationship between sports concussions and long term brain disease or damage. Uh, the latest or the sixth uh, sports concussion consensus statements are going to be published in the next few months from the conference that was held at the end of 2022 only a few months ago so and just the gist of what i've heard from people who attended that i don't think much has changed in in the view about the cause and effect relationship um, but obviously there's caution people mm-hmm. want to take caution in this area because it is a concern uh, and uh, it's a good thing exactly nathan i don't know if you can answer this if a player um, gets a Category 1 concussion, and that's obviously um, on the serious side, just say, and it could be an irrelevant point because NRL said they won't do it, but just say there's a continual push to have that grand final push back two weeks so a player who's concussed in a prelim could potentially play outside of that 11-day window. But if that player has a Category 1 concussion, would they be able to, be able to play in a grand final if it was two weeks later? If it under the current rules, yes. Uh, okay. If so, you're and everything, and these are guidelines and or they're actually rules, but everything's based on the the individual player recovering. Mm. And what we're not taking into account is many concussions take longer than eleven days to fully recover from. Correct. Yeah. So that uh, we are the player still has to get better. Mm. And but if the player recovers quickly and is able to get back to non-contact training and then get back to contact training without a problem, uh, they could be cleared to play certainly two weeks later in the grand final. That's good to know. Uh, Nathan, what about um, a player who is taken off for, on a HIA and, and they're checked um, and they pass all the protocols? There's been a call, let that player go straight back on. Why wait 15 minutes? But I was, it was told me the other day that potentially because it could be a, a delay in the concussion symptoms on setting with that player. Can you explain that, Nathan? Actually, the 15 minutes is because it does take about 10 to 11 minutes to do the test. Mm-hmm. So the... Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's actually... A, and and the doctor also has to, in that allocated you know, 15 minutes, has to go and check the vision as well. 
uh, that you you have to double check the vision on the on the video monitors talking to the bunker doctor. You have to do the test, and there is a one of the tests in the in the SCAT five is a is a delayed recall test, mm-hmm. whereby you're given some uh, names and you have to recall them immediately a few times, and then I think it's five or six minutes later you have to do it again. So there is. There is. Uh, it does take probably about ten minutes to test okay. the fire. That's interesting. Doc Gibbs, do you fear one day, like the NFL and and the AFL, that there just could be a class action in rugby league around head knocks and the future of players? I think. I think there will definitely be. There will definitely be some medical legal issues, without a doubt, because it's happening in the other other codes. It will definitely happen in rugby league. And so it is important that as a treating doctor and as the NRL as a treating body and as as rugby league teams and themselves, they've got a, an onus to look after the welfare of players mm. and to be doing everything they possibly can to make the risk of a concussion injury as minimal as possible. Obviously, one of the problems with contact sport uh, is there's an inherent risk of getting a concussion. And so you can't... You can't sue someone for for that risk. Mm. Uh, it's like riding a bicycle. There's an inherent risk of falling off and bumping your head, even with a helmet. You know, so that everyone understands the inherent risk of things they do. Uh, what you can medically legally get in trouble for, of course, is uh, how you manage that injured person. You know, after the fact, and that's what we're trying to improve as much as we can. Yeah, look, it's such an interesting topic and one that's going to continue to evolve. Hey, Nathan, you've really um, helped us understand it a lot better today, and I'm sure our listeners appreciate it. Uh, thanks for I joining us. I actually think you, probably, you both probably got a headache, I reckon. No, no. Because it <laughs> I is... need a concussion test, Doc. <laughs> We'd probably both fail anyway. Normally, Dean, the way you and I go. But uh, how are the Waratahs going, Nathan? Only one and three to start the season? Yeah, that's disappointing. Probably the game against the Rebels was a winnable game, and Hurricanes over there are obviously pretty hard to beat. But they're really pumped about this Friday night playing the Chiefs mm-hmm. back at back at Allianz because we've been away there since uh, round one. So, so hopefully we'll get a good crowd there and uh, and put in a good performance. Terrific. Hey Nathan, really appreciate you coming on and just going through those concussion protocol issues. It's a it's a huge topic of debate in all sports at the moment. And, and thanks for at least providing some insight into into this topic for us. Thanks. Good morning. Thanks, Nathan. There's Dr. Nathan Gibbs, and it is such a huge issue, isn't it, Dino? Don't miss the Raiders. Take on the Sharkies tonight, exclusive to Fox Fox League. Available on KO. New to KO. Start your free trial. On the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend, a sports update with Tanya Thomas. Brisbane scored four tries in eight minutes to defeat St George Illawarra in last night's NRL game at Suncorp Stadium, 40 points to 18. The Dragons led 16-8 at the break. Brisbane joined the Dolphins as the only team to have won, or only teams to have won all three games from their first three rounds and the two meet next week. The Warriors continued to impress, defeating North Queensland at home in Townsville 26-12. And the Gold Coast beat Melbourne 38-34. Storm coach Craig Bell. Bellamy says his team appears to be playing with no care factor. Today, at a sold-out Belmore Oval, Canterbury play the West Tigers at 4.05, followed by Canberra v Cronulla in the nation's capital. Penrith has the bye. 
English superstar jockey Ryan Moore only had two rides at Rose Hill Gardens yesterday and left with two Group 1 wins, including the Golden Slipper on Shinzo. He also won the Ranvet on Dubai Honour. Chris Waller trained Shinzo for his first Golden Slipper and he also won the Rose Hill Guineas with Linderman. The scene stealer of the day, however, was champion Animo, who endured a tough run but still found a way to win the George Ryder Stakes. And to cap off a spectacular Golden Slipper day, apprentice jockey Tyler Schiller won his first Group 1 on Maria Mia in the Galaxy. Meanwhile at Mooney Valley, Mr Brightside won the All-Star Mile for Ben and J.D. Hayes. A perfect start to the new AFL season for Sydney, always in control in the match against the Gold Coast, the Swans winning 110-61. A big win for Melbourne over the Western Bulldogs, 115-65. A second-half onslaught saw Port Adelaide defeat Brisbane, 126-72. But a close one at Docklands with North Melbourne, 87, over the West Coast, 82. Western Sydney beat Sydney FC 4-0 in last night's men's A-League match at Allianz Stadium. It's the biggest ever margin the Wanderers have won the Sydney Derby by. Elsewhere, Brisbane 1-0 over Western United and Newcastle and Perth Glory 2-all. A fourth straight Super Rugby Pacific win for the Brumbies last night, defeating Moana Pacifica in a tri-fest, 14 tries in total, 62 points to 36. The Chiefs 44-25 over the Rebels and the Crusaders 34 over the Blues 28. In the Six Nations finale overnight, Ireland wore down a 14-man England, winning 29-16 to claim their fifth Six Nations title and fourth Grand Slam. They've also recorded 14 straight test wins at at home. In other games played on Super Saturday, Scotland beat Italy 26-14 and France 41 beat Wales 28. Not a great start to the new Super Netball season for the Swifts, going down to Collingwood late yesterday, 71-63, to while last night reigning champs West Coast Fever literally scored on the final second of the match to defeat the Melbourne Vixens 62-61. Sergio Perez has pole position for the Saudi Arabia F1 Grand Prix. His Red Bull teammate Max Verstappen suffered a drive shaft failure and was forced out of qualifying and will start at 15th. On the front row with Perez, Aston Martin's Fernando Alonso. Aussie Oscar Piastri will start from 8th. Leeds climbed out of the EPL relegation zone with a 4-2 away win over Wolves. A crucial one point for Leicester, ending a five-game losing streak with a one-all draw with Brentford. Aston Villa 3-0 over Bournemouth. Southampton and Tottenham 3-all. Chelsea and Everton 2-all. Arsenal still on top, five points clear of Manchester City. Golf and round three this morning of the USPJ tournament in Florida. Adam Shanick leads by one shot at eight under par from Jordan Spieth and Tommy Fleetwood. While in Tucson, Arizona, it's the second round of three of the Live Golf Tour. And Mark Leishman is on top of the leaderboard at 11 under. He's two ahead of Sergio Garcia and three ahead of Louis Oosthuizen, Charles Howell III, Brandon Steele and Cameron Tringale. And men's semi-finals at Indian Wells Tennis this morning. Daniel Medvedev and Francis Tiafo. Medvedev won the first set 7-5 and they are currently locked in a second set tiebreak. The next semi-final coming up will be Carlos Alcaraz versus Yannick Sinner. No, Novak Djokovic in that tournament, he still isn't permitted. Well, he isn't permitted into the US because of his vaccination status. He won't play at the Miami Open next week either. But the rule, I understand, is in place until April 10. Then it gets dropped. And so there he may be allowed in. So you missed out on the US Open last year because of it. 
Um, King's captain and MBL MVP, it's hard to say, mm. Xavier Cooks, has officially signed with the Washington Wizards. They had the grand final of the championship game five yep. on Wednesday night, which they won. He flew out to Washington on Thursday, the next day, and yesterday he officially signed on the dotted line. He signed for four years for $6.1 million, which in NBA standards may not be huge, but in NBL standards, it's massive. It's massive. It, no-brainer. Had to go. And plus, that's been his, his dream of his whole life, hasn't it, to well, play NBA? That, you know? Well, all basketball yeah. players, yeah. yeah. Well, he's 27 years of age and thought that, that may yeah. his chance may have, have gone, but he's had such an incredible couple of seasons mm. with the Kings, but in particular this year is the backbone yeah, of that superstar. team and mm. get winning the um, the MVP mm. sort of helped in that regard. He had played in Germany before the NBL, I, I think. think. Right. So yeah. he has played a, a stint overseas. But this is just, you know, as much as a, as a Kings fan, I hate to see him go, but you can't not be happy uh, for him, can you? And good luck to him. And over good there. luck to him. Yeah. Um, he's the 11th NBA, NBA player in Austra- um, Australian. From Australia. Yeah, in the competition yeah. at the moment. Good age to 27. He's experienced. He's, he's hard. Really, it's, it's but he's now not and getting ever. past it. It's, it's now it's and a ever. perfect time. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and they're looking forward to his high energy. And um, they mm. say he's a very intelligent player. And, and yeah, So it's, it's going to be a great future for him there. And they kind of need him, need him at the moment because currently the Wizards are sitting in 10th place mm. on the Eastern Conference. They win 32 and 37 is they their strike rate. They might make so a they difference. Need, they might make a difference. So, so let's uh, keep an eye on that. A couple of SMSs, Tan, you'll be interested in. Good morning, Ray and Bulldog. The Australian Women's Ice Hockey League Grand Final is on today. A big shout-out to the Sydney Sirens going for a COVID-delayed title defence to bring back home the Stephanie Boxall Trophy. Fantastic. Free to all on the internet with Clutch TV. Go the Sirens. So good luck to the Sirens and also... This is one I can understand where this is coming from. Good morning, Ray and Bulldog. What a day on the punt. Shinzo into Maria Maria. Maria Mia. So good. His day was so good that the wife came back with the kids and the dog. <laughs> Just need the Raiders to get up the cap off the weekend. Kieran from Canberra. I don't get it. Oh, well, what he's saying is his wife took the kids and dog and left him, but he's had such a great day on the punt. She's, she's come back home again. Oh, I see. <laughs> Yahoo! <laughs> Money can do all things. Hey, <laughs> thanks, thanks so much, thanks, Tan. A couple of calls here. Dino Andrews on the line. He's been waiting patiently. Andrew, good morning. Good morning. Uh, I've just got a question to ask Bulldog. Go uh, for it, Andrew. On, on Friday night's game, when the Roosters had uh, a quick cut from the 22 ones, they caught the ball in the in goal line. They passed uh, one of the players. He passed it to. After that, was in front of him. Was he offside, or is he not offside anymore? Oh, gee, Andrew, you've caught me on the hop here. It's a moment where you say there was a quick tap from a restart from the twenty meter line, and yeah, he passed from the twenty meter line. Forward, did you say to the player? No, he the the player was in front he, he, uh, of when he tapped the ball. Yeah, when he tapped well, the ball. You're right. It should not have gone ahead. It should have been... Play can't restart he's behind the... Correct. Behind the ref should have said stop the play and, mm. and let the play go back. I think technically it was a penalty mm. if you really yeah, want well, to get down well, to the letter of the law, Andrew. Well, that's it. Because in the old days, which I mean, you were kick, kicking for touch and someone was in front of you and you kicked for touch, it was actually a scrum from the point where you kicked the ball. Absolutely. Mm. Yep. Yeah, right. Well, well yeah, picked no, up. I used, no, no, junior, yeah, no, I used to be a junior referee and... Uh, You've picked up yeah. on that. Well done, Andrew. Yeah, uh, I, it is frustrating those pedantic penalties, though, aren't they? Dino, like St George gave away one when the 
when the second row was one step over the line from the kickoff. And I know that's technically the rules, but it just seems pedantic and it changes momentum. But what do you do, Denny? You got to it's pretty black and white to stay well, behind the line. Stay behind the line. It's and like kickoff. Yeah. It's like a speeding fine Ray when you're 66 yeah. in a 60 zone. You feel a bit ripped off, don't you? But it is what it is. Stay under 60, I guess. We'll take a quick break because coming up next is Phil Buzz Rothfield. Brain tumour, migraine, dementia. Have you or someone you love been touched by a brain disorder, disease or injury? Help the ones you love by donating to research today. Visit brainfoundation.org.au. Quality healings and the country's best incentives make the Magic Millions Gold Coast March Healing Sale a must-attend, March 20 and 21. All yearlings are eligible for the Million Dollar Plus Magic Millions Race Series, rising to over $20 million in two years' time. Buy the next Queensland-bred star like Jonker, Capitalist and Zoostar. This year's catalogue offers 388 lots with progeny by 80 individual sires, including 44 by local sire sensation Better Than Red. For more information and to view the catalogue, visit magicmillions.com. The 2023 Commercial Club Albury Gold Cup Carnival is on the 23rd and 24th of March. Experience one of the great Country Cup Carnivals with prize money of 825000 and great racing including the Norton Development Group Flat Knacker. Enjoy the unique experience this region has to offer. Don't miss the traditional Calcutta on Cup Eve or Queen Forever Live on the main stage after the Cup. For more info on tickets and hospitality packages, go to albreyracing.com.au. Owning a dog or cat is special. The joy they bring, the love they give. Responsible and caring breeders, like Dogs New South Wales members, give their dogs special care. These breeders preserve their breeds and breed beautiful, healthy puppies that become loved family members for many homes. However, the Animal Justice Party wants to stop you owning a dog or cat or any animal. That is just so wrong. Don't let them take pet ownership away from you. Make your vote count at this election. Put the Animal Justice Party last. Written, spoken and authorised by Jay Hutchison, Lang Warren. Did you know you are 56% more likely to get a group-winning two-year-old from the Easter Yearling Sale than its nearest competitor? Don't miss out on the 2023 renewal on April 3 and 4 at Riverside Stables. Catalogue available now. Visit inglis.com.au for more information. Deliciously flaky pastry on top, a bottom which is rolled extra thin and a filling of 100% lean Aussie beef. Yes, I'm talking about Garlo's Pies, the only pies, right? Mm. You should be putting on your plate. Garlo's Pies are simply bursting with flavour. And there's heaps of flavours to choose from. Here's a thought. Take a night off from cooking and grab a Garlo's family pie for the whole crew. They're available in all Coles and Woolworths stores. And remember, we're located in the chilled meal section. And if you can't find us, ask for Garlo's Pies by name. Garlo's Pies, they're thin on pastry, but they're big on meat. And Dino, don't miss the Raiders take on the Sharkies tonight, exclusive to Fox League, available on KO. New to KO, start your free trial. And some space, Brian Kelly is back in the NRL and running across the halfway line, links up with Brimson, Brimson for the corner, back on the inside, Tan Pereira, he scores the Titans running and gunning on the Gold Coast. Attacking position here, the Warriors. Johnson, there's a spring in their step here. Across with a fullback to a picky. Then on for Pompey. Pompey battles out the top of Holmes. Got it there to Corsi. Trying to play it, and he did. And the trail goes to dummy half. It was a game effort, but the ball is going to roll dead. And the Roosters are going no to challenge victory over their next door neighbours. 
On Sky Sports Radio and Radio Tab, this is the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. And welcome back to the show where Dino and Ray, Phil Buzz Rothfield joins us now. Buzz, really interesting discussion we had earlier with Dr. Nathan Gibbs, read these concussion protocols. What, what's your take on this issue, Buzz? Good morning. Um, I think it's wonderful and uh, it coincides with Peter Volandis joining the NRL Commission a number of years ago. And you know what Peter's like with jockeys in racing and the injury risks and the support they get. Um, it is so important that the NRL have taken this tough stance. And I, uh, there was a conversation about the possibility of missing a grand final. Mm. I think we need to even think about putting it back a week. And Bulldog, could you play the All-Stars game rather than the start of the year in the heat when... Could you play the, you know, that middle week? Could you play uh, a Tonga? So I guess there's going to be plays in the grand final, isn't it? But some sort of programming that middle week with no, um, with no footy. Yeah, but I, could... I look, I applaud everything the NRL was doing. You could certainly try to play a game, Buzz. I just wonder whether it would lose momentum, the grand final build-up in the media, and does the among... NFL lose momentum? Don't well, no, probably not. But you'd have to obviously start. The season either a week early or go a week later. That pushes it into. It just worries me if a star player is ruled out of the game. You know, the fans would be dirty. But buzz, that could happen they? anywhere, though, Ray. You could have but, a hamstring the week a before. Con- a concussion yeah. rule, mm. and they know in three or four days he could play. Mm. But that's uh, a that could be a hamstring. That could be a knee injury. It could be any injury. You get ruled out of grand finals. It's that's yeah. Just... And you know what, Ray? Mm. I would much rather a player miss a grand final. And have a healthy 40, 50 years in retirement. Yeah. Mm. And I think everyone listening to this show would agree. And I've done another concussion story in the column today about a fella called Lindsay Bound who, on his bad weeks, will need 30 Panadols. He wakes up in the middle of the night mm. and needs ice pack on his head. And, you know, and the reason I told that story is that. This isn't just about Callum Ponga. This is about so many unidentified players who came through that school of hard knocks when, even the old days, they used to run out with a magic sponge. Yeah, and say, get up and keep going. <laughs> so I'm, I'm concerned about the ones we don't know, like Lindsay Baum, two mm. years at Canales, signed by Arthur Beetson. I'm surprised. I don't know if you ever knew him, mate. He was a racecourse manager at uh, Tamworth and Corindai. And, um, okay. Yeah, worked in the racing industry for some time. But, look, he'll get home from work and he goes into a dark room and just sits there on himself because of his headaches. Mm. You know, he's had broken relationships because he doesn't talk, you know, he, because of his depression. And says it's that so quote, sad. he says, my head just goes bang, bang. Now... It's more than likely with his knockouts playing footy, it was caused by rugby league. Buzz. And, we, we're, and if you're going to have to miss a grand final to be healthy, well, so be it. What about this push buzz for the NRL to look at the great Ronnie Coote as becoming the next immortal? Certainly, from my opinion, you would get no argument whatsoever. Oh, dog, I'd, I'd love to see it happen, Ray. I, look, Ron Coote, I, I grew up watching Ron Coote, and he was a cigarette paper behind um, 
Johnny Raper as a lock forward. His cover defence was just magnificent. Mm. He won six of nine grand finals at South and the Roosters. He captained Australia. But I used to argue, I used to uh, be an immortals judge, and I used to go into those meetings and say, guys, can't we judge people not just on their rugby league feats? But the fact this guy was so instrumental in setting up men of league and looking after so many players who were struggling in retirement, didn't have money, didn't have family. And what Cody did with men of league was as, as impressive as his football. I think I argued too that Mal Meninga, and he eventually became an immortal, not just a great centre three quarter, but do we have to take into account his coaching and what he did with the greatest origin side of all time over was it eight years in a row Bulldog or seven or he just kept winning I think it was about ten in the end that's the problem with the Immortals Buzz not that I know this but do we actually have a criteria we we don't seem to have one in front of us that says okay we're going to judge you on A, B, C and D we don't really know do we no, look, there was a criteria if you missed out three uh, three years in a row when the judges met that, you know, that, that panel didn't consider you good enough. But I don't like that rule whatsoever. I think there's been a mistake made in not putting Ron Coote into this uh, panel. It's mm. caused all sorts of debate. I've had emails. What about Steve Sludge Rogers? Great player. Exactly. Yeah. Again, not. What an immortal, in my opinion, but an absolute super player was Ray Price or Brett Kenny. It's another one. Mm. The thing with the immortals, the immortal, because it's such an exclusive club. So I wouldn't be going overboard and straight away and putting Thurston in there, Cameron Smith in there, Billy Slater. I think people have got to wait a little bit, even Darren Lockyer. But my goodness. If I ever get back on an Immortals column, uh, an Immortals judging panel, the first thing I'd do walking into that room is saying, come on, fellas, come on, girls, who's ever the judges, let's put the great Ron Coote in. A much-deserved honour. Yeah, I think everyone would agree with you, Buzz. Hey, Buzz, can the NRL convince Craig Bellamy to stay coaching and maybe take on this 18th club when it comes in? Yeah, look, it's a really, really interesting story because we've all sat back and Bulldog, you've said it, it is very early days and the Dolphins have been super, super impressive and the man behind it all is super coach Wayne Bennett. He has done a sensational job to build that franchise from scratch, even allowing for missing out on Ponga, Jerome Hughes, Cameron Munster, so many great players and... He's created an environment there for a long-term success. Whether it'll be this year, I can't see them making the eight, and I think they might even get touched up by the Broncos. But they believe there's only one person who can do a build. The NRL believes there's only one person who can do a build like um, Wayne Bennett, and that's Craig Bellamy. Mm. Now, Belly Ake is, is look, he indicated on NRL 36 that he's almost certain to go this year. And there will be some role for him at Melbourne Storm. But as you guys know, Peter Philandes and the Commission, they're influential people. They can, you know, they want to have a chat to him with the permission of 
Storm Chairman Matt Tripp. They want to find out if there'd be any interest whatsoever, not necessarily as a coach, but as a director of football, as okay. a face of the new franchise. I think it'd be great. Mm. Buzz, in your What's the Buzz column, must read again in the Sunday Tell You've written this paragraph. <laughs> it caught my eye. <laughs> Two politicians going into an election, Dominic Perrottet, and Chris Minns, who couldn't give a stuff about rugby league fans. <laughs> Explain that to us, please. Well, it's pretty self-explanatory, dog. I wish both leaders would go to Belmore Sports Ground this afternoon and just breathe in the atmosphere of a beautiful, traditional old ground with West Tigers versus Canterbury Bulldogs. Leichhardt Oval, Manly, Shark Park have all hosted sellout crowd, even Thursday night. Did you see that crowd at Manly? Mm, fantastic. Now, hang on, now, now, and they're paying good money. They're charging 50 bucks to get in the light card. Have you tried to go to the bathrooms there? Have you tried to line up for a beer or a pie or a hot dog? The facilities mm. aren't good enough, and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of fans go to these venues every week of the football season, and it's just not good enough and the government have got to start spending some money. I know they've got flood victims. I know they've got underpaid teachers and nurses, but we're not asking for the world. I think all our listeners would agree they love consuming their football out of these venues. Mm. You agree, dog? Oh, 100% buzz. I mean, right? there's always that yeah, argument, about, as you say, about teachers and hospitals and nurses, and of course I get that buzz. We, we all do. Anyone with any Common sense does, but you know there are allocations for all these different categories. Mm. You can't just say every cent's got to go to a hospital. There are other areas in society that need to be looked after. Correct. And the other thing is, and this isn't the government's problem, but there's unlevel playing field here. You look at the Broncos and the crowd they can host each week at, and the corporate facilities they have to sh- to sell. So they're going to get bigger sponsors and bigger merchandise, all that sort of thing. You look at Combank and what Parramatta have there. The government built them one. Mm. Look at the Sydney Roosters, that crowd the other night. Look at the corporate money they can raise from playing out of Ireland. They won't let South in. It's a really good... So why... And Peter Volandis is driving this. I don't want to keep mentioning Peter Volandis' name, but he is driving it. He's had furious blues with Mm. Dominic Perrottet about it, getting some money. It's a really good point, Buzz, I tell you. Hey, Buzz, I know we want to get your tips for this weekend's round, but there's a couple of games I want to talk to you about about next week. You mentioned Combank. This is a massive game Thursday night, grand final rematch, Parramatta versus Penrith. And also this the first Battle of Brisbane on Friday night. We had Terry Reid of the Dolphins CEO on earlier. I think he told us there's only about 1,000 tickets left to be sold. So these are two huge games coming up, Buzz. I wouldn't mind the home gate in Brisbane. I wonder yeah. who gets it, the Dolphins or the Broncos. Oh, good, um, good there's going to be plenty of cash out of it. Uh, mm. a very impressive guy, Terry Reid, isn't he? Yeah, he speaks well and he's passionate and um, he's done a yeah, wonderful I job. Met him, mm. I, I met him at the Dolphins uh, facility at a magic round about three years ago, and this is when they were still bidding, in the bidding process, mm. and he came across. It's the perfect fella to work alongside Wayne Bennett, and um, that, that's going to be monster. And you and Tanya, mate, um, can have your little battle out at Combank. I'm sure we'll get a selfie like we normally do. <laughs> Dino thinks there's a good old-fashioned ambush about to happen to, by Paramount. Well, it could Penrith. be. And, and guys, don't forget, 
there's a pretty handy game on at um, Acor as well. Um, Manly yeah, and South. What a great game, yeah. Turbo Buzz? versus Latrell, mate. Yeah. Wow. Before you go, Buzz, our talk talk yes, today sir. was great nicknames. And we've had a million come through on the text line. Some very, very funny. Yes. Ray told us how he got his nickname Crispy. <laughs> and I had to reveal reluctantly that Bulldog came from you. Did you tell the full story? Though, I told him the true like story. Yeah, and I said to him, he will change the story to head like a bulldog. And in, right on cue, you've come straight in with that fib. But it was to do with Hondo Grattan. I was asked. I was not. It was so. Here we go. I was asked how about you got Buzz, and I was told that it was because you used to buzz around the office and still do like a pest. Well, let's give Buzz a chance to clear up both okay. issues. Where did Bulldog come from and where did Buzz come from, Buzz? I came back from a tour of England in 1989, walked into this office, and there was a young redhead sitting there on the subs desk, and I said to the boys, he looks like a bulldog. <laughs> you tell uh, No, him. but look, my nickname, uh, I don't know, you guys remember, he's a great old sports writer, Richard Sleeman. I remember him, yeah. Uh, the Fly. Yeah, yeah. He, he, The Fly, yeah. He nicknamed me Buzz. Um, apparently, when I was a copy boy and cadet journalist, so as Bulldog said, there was a more teen ad on TV, and the buzz was the the fly in the in, in the advertisement, an absolute pest, <laughs> and um, that's how I got buzz. Yeah, oh, it's changed. stuck. It's a fantastic. Hey, buzz. Um, couple of games to complete. Round three of the NRL, the 4.05 p.m. game today is Bulldogs versus Tigers. That's a sellout, and the Raiders take on your Sharkies at 6.15 p.m. What's your take on both games, Buzz? Um, I think Canterbury uh, will win the Bulldogs and, and plunge the uh, uh, the West Tigers into into this sort of desperation position mm. with three losses and and is this Benji, Robbie, Tim Sheen's uh, situation working? Now, the Cronulla Sharks should win, but they have a horrible, horrible record in the national capital. So I'm tipping them, but I'm not at all confident. Uh, actually, two really intriguing games this afternoon. Hey, Buzz, appreciate it as always. Enjoy the footy today, and we'll talk next Sunday. Good on you, fellas. See you Cheers now. It's Phil See Buzz. Phil Buzz Rothfield. So at least we know where we're Bulldog there you from go. now. The truth hey, is out. Dino, just quickly, we're running out of time, but any changes in these two games this afternoon? Yep, I'll zip through them quickly. Bulldogs, Tigers, a Franklin Pele out for the Bulldogs. No replacement yet, but it probably will be Josh Reynolds. Uh, Ray, West Tigers, huge boost. It looks like John Bateman will finally start and make his club debut. Then there's that Raiders-Sharks game. Trey Mooney, the new man on the bench for the Raiders. Jack Williams returns to the Sharks side. Connor Tracy dropping back to the bench. Still no sign of Nico Hines. Mm. Probably next week. That calf injury lingering. Your tips in both games, Dino? Uh, I'm going to go Bulldogs, and I'm going to go... Raiders. Fair enough. Coming up on Racing HQ with Grant Boyden, Mick Wallace will preview the only New South Wales meeting on today, which is at Orange. Of course, the Country Championships wildcard meeting set down for Scone today has been moved to tomorrow because of the forecast 41 degrees in the Hunter Valley this afternoon. So that's Scone meeting on tomorrow. On Radio Tab, stand by for Pass the Post. The Big Sports Breakfast is back tomorrow morning at 5.30. If you would like to revisit any of today's show, go to Spotify or the podcast icon on your iPhone or Android. A great three hours, you know. It's good fun, isn't it? Mate? Go so quickly, Ray.
What's the plans for the rest of the day? Uh, I'll be keeping an eye on the footy. I'll mm-hmm. be chasing a bit of news for the Daily Telegraph. And then I will start preparing for next Sunday morning. Absolutely. Good on you, mate. Thank you so much for joining us over the last three hours. Enjoy your Sunday. And enjoy your sport.